size up with you And when I defang the viper Trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere Jeff, I already put you out I don't even know why you're out here right now Keep on talking Hey, hey, do me a favor Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting And you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew And Mustafa, you out here A boy among men And I'm gonna tell you what you got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Hafiz, and with me as always is Devin. Devin, how you doing? I'm doing good. I cannot wait to break down SmackDown. Uh, but I don't know about what's going on on Raw. You know, we we kind of talked over it before we started this show, but yeah. But uh, my thoughts on, on Raw, I can't wait. My thoughts on Raw, I mean, my thoughts on Raw, it can wait. My thoughts on SmackDown, yeah. can't wait. Ooh, well, I almost want to just kind of buck what we just talked about now and just jump straight to SmackDown <laughs> with you starting us off like that. But I'm going to hold off, I'm hold off and all kind right, of build it right. up a little bit. There we um, go. So we will still talk about Raw, but I guess just uh, give me a general sense of your thoughts on Raw because you're real excited about SmackDown and not so much on Raw. So, so what is it about Raw that's kind of got you a little bit mellow on it? So I don't know what's going on with the with – the storylines on Raw. I probably probably the most intrigued on, on Raw that I am, besides the, the triple threat for the women's, it would probably be Drew McIntyre to see where he's gonna go for, you know, since he's gonna since he challenged Roman Reigns uh for WrestleMania, which man, that's you talking about that that is a beast who just right. you know commanded the, the room and called the top dog out for WrestleMania. That that is a beast move. That is a top move right there. That's what that's what top people do, and that's what a top wrestler, Drew Mc, Drew McIntyre just did, man. So that's what he got me geek. But the the storyline between Triple H and Batista, I had I had high hopes. We we talked about this before. We, yeah. we said like, man, they, they probably can get some good storyline out of this. Yeah. Some. I don't know. I, I, we we said we both said to talked about his talked about Dave Batista's acting ability, how much it's polished and improved. Wow! <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> what the hell was that <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. You know, you're gonna give me what I want. Give me what uh, I want. You know what I want. Right. You know, with with the Spitfest 2000, uh, with that too, man. I, oh my good, it, it was just a, a promo mess with that, and it completely took me out of that storyline. I, I, I am, I, I don't want to see this. It, that's how bad it was. I do not want to see that match now because the build completely took me out of it. Especially Batista, man. he he completely took me out of it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know what? Let's just let's just start right there with with this. Uh, yes, uh, so far. So yes, yeah. Batista is getting interviewed by by Michael Cole, and Batista's via satellite in some office or whatever. And I just, I, 
the the tone of it, the energy of it, like like you said, there was so much anticipation with Batista being you know in Hollywood now and getting you know all this these he's been in all these movie roles and his acting job in like Guardians of the Galaxy has been you know great. He's hilarious in that in that uh, series that he's in right now as that character Drax. And there's just a high expectation that I have around him being able to just just you know go with the with in terms of a promo i think he'd be able to kill a promo at this point you know yeah. fun and energetic and exciting yeah. and he just seems dead like he's just phoning it in like just basically trying to get through whatever and and like i'm just like you said in terms of the excitement level right now i feel like at first the the the, the best thing that's happened so far in this whole thing is when he first showed up you know yes. Rick Flair out of the dressing room you know, and selling and saying, "Do I have your attention now?" And I almost wish that we maybe didn't get anything. Since then. <laughs> what we did get, you know, has just kind of hurt the storyline overall. It just really it, has. It did. Yeah. It has, man. Yeah. It, it really, it really took me out of it, and I can't believe it took me out of it because I, I had so high admirations for for this storyline like i was all in soon as that promo we, we you know after he he took flair out and you know and he, and he said what he said i was like oh cool I, i'm all in and as a as the weeks rolled by he answers triple h promo talking about you know what i want i'm like what do you want you want a championship what do you want because really, it, it, being honest, none of us know what he wants. Right? Yeah, and I still, and I still don't know what he wants. I still don't know what he wants. I still don't know what he's talking about. Like, yeah, I get it, man. You, you and Triple H don't get along. We get that. There's history. Let's dig a little bit deeper. Can we dig a little bit deeper? Can we go but just right. below the surface? Because we can't get, we can't go below that. Because it seemed like he that interview. I don't know what the hell that interview was. Like, was he? Was he going? Was he trying to go for that route? Just trying to be all nonchalant, trying to dish the questions or dish the questions? I I, I don't know, man. But I, I'm I'm literally kind of just shocked to myself that I'm literally I I don't want to see this match. Yeah, I just don't care. And I, I think to your, to answer the question, like I don't know that they actually have a plan for how Batista is supposed to come off in this in the storyline. I think they just figure. Batista being Batista and it's Triple H, like that's going to be enough. Yeah. And, you know, the the history that they have built in, like people will just get it, you know, and they can just kind of go through the motions on the storyline. Now, Triple H, I will give Triple H credit that Triple H seemed to put a lot of effort into his promo when he was calling out Batista. And yeah. when both of them yeah. were out there, I thought Triple H was doing a great job of trying to get, like, just, just showing how angry he was and how much he just wanted to fight Batista. Like I was... I was bought into Triple H's side. Batista's side, though, so far has just been really confusing. Like, he's yeah. not saying, he didn't say what he wants. He just kept saying, give me what I want, as if all of us, maybe on social media, we were all aware of what was going on. Like, <laughs> I don't think anybody really knew, like, that, that what, what he wanted. Right. You know? And then he just keeps saying it, give me what yeah, I like, want. Yeah, you know what I been, want. It, it, became, it, yeah. it, was, it was a joke. It was almost a joke. Like, like <laughs> I just couldn't help but laugh when he was doing it. Like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Just tell him and maybe he'll give it to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that was bizarre, right? It and was. Then, it was. It's just, it's like, well, I just don't like the guy. I just don't like him. You know, like, he just, he he's looked down on me, he talked down to me. He never took me seriously. I'm just muscle to him or I was just muscle him. Like, that was... That was then, and 
now it's like, why all of a sudden are you coming at him in this way? Because the last thing that happened is you quit, right? You you yeah. left WWE, you went right. and did movies, and now you're back. We yeah. saw it was an evolution reunion, and there was a little quip about, you know, well, he's Triple H has done it all except for beat me. Like, so that's the little something that we got. But I don't know if everybody even remembers that little thing happening. Like, I had to dig a little bit to even find that to receive to remember that that had happened between them at that at that uh, reunion that they did. But that would seem like maybe Triple H would have more of a reason to want this match than for Batista to want it. Cause for, yeah, because I thought when 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 I you know when that Evolution reunion and SmackDown happened, and you know Batista took that little dig at Triple H. I thought Triple H would have used that for motivation. Maybe he would have we would have went back to that story. The reason why now he got now he has a reason to call out Batista, and Batista can respond to him. But this was totally right. the other way around. As B- Batista approaching Triple H, like you know what I want, I. I don't know what you want. And then when he yeah, said, and, 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 and then when he said, you know, give me what I want. He mentioned when he finally won, he won him fight at WrestleMania and triple. I, I, you know what? I have to keep it real. I didn't even like triple H response to that. Well, maybe it was the logical response. He was like, really? That's all. That's, this is what you want. All, all, all of this, which yeah. is probably, probably the right response for that. But yeah, I, I think, I, I think we just, we both wanted more out of this. That's yeah. the bottom line. We we wanted so much more out of this. Yeah, exactly. I I, I had the high expectations because it's been a while since we've seen Batista and he still, he still seems like he can go, you know, he keeps himself in great shape. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah. he's going to show up and show yep. that he can still be the animal. And maybe this would be the beginning of a new run for Batista. So that was my excitement level for it was maybe saying one last run for Batista, not necessarily one last match. And for triple H, I mean, triple H is the kind of guy that he's going to put hundred percent in everything he does you know, and of some of the old guard that's still around, he can still go too. So a matchup with Triple H and Batista, you know, taking us back to that WrestleMania where Batista fought Triple H for the for the uh, WWE Championship, you know, and beat the holy hell out of Triple H in that WrestleMania Championship <laughs> match. Yeah. To see that again, a, a rematch of that, just, I, I, I love that match so much that thinking of them doing that again, oh my God, just the anticipation that was, was there. And I guess for the match itself, it can still be good, but the buildup so far has just been terrible. So Yeah, it's been totally lackluster. I don't even know yeah, what they can do like, next week to pull me right back in. Like, what, another shouting match? A, a spinning match? Who could spit no, the most? Like, no. like man, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous, man. Like, actually, what can you guys do to pull me back in? Because literally, I don't think they can do anything. I, I'm just, I'm totally out of this this story. Yeah, I think at this point they can't the talking has to stop, you know, because there's there's not anything that Batista's gonna say to make this make any more sense. So, you know, it can only do more damage, I think. You know, and especially if the promo skills are just where they're at, like he's not gonna help sell the match in that way. Yeah. But if it's physical, if it's like another beatdown, you know, actually it probably would have been better if Triple H wouldn't have given him what he wanted and Batista would have went about the business of trying to attack somebody else because he did say, you know, I'm going to keep hurting people you love and like, you know, really make you give me what I want. So if we could have seen that maybe play out a little more where Batista keeps pushing him and pushing him and and like, you know, trying to make it even more personal. I mean, I don't know who else you're going to go after. You have to Rick because Shane's a heel now, but 
you know, with Vince too. I don't know if that really makes much sense, but I'm just thinking like at this point, if, if maybe if they would have went that route, you know, it could have been a little bit better the build up, but right now with where they're at, I don't know what they can say. I don't think the I don't I think, think words are going to do it. I think that's the route to go because they have uh, a personal, you know, history together. And I right. think that would be the, the I, th- I think that would be the only route to go, you know? Yeah. Even with Triple H and the promo said, you know, I come to your freaking house. I, you, can, you know what? They should have saw like a promo, like Dave is doing a commercial or something. And all of a sudden Triple H, he's surprised to pop up yeah. and just whoop his ass right there, man. Just something yeah. simple just to get this going. But we, we, we don't get none of that, man. Nope. We got a yeah, shout like match a between two grown yeah. men. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So it I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not with it so far. I'm not with it so far. But hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, they can turn around and and give us at least a match that will be worth seeing. Especially if this is going to be Batista's last match, because you know I think the reason why we're getting this is because the last time he was here, it didn't end the way that he wanted it to. And I don't know if this is going to be any better as as it's going right now. The way yeah. this is looking. Like, it's just going to happen, and no one's going to care, and, you know, people are going to be tuned out to the match, and he still won't be satisfied. So, I, I don't this know. Could be, I don't know this could be a bathroom break match, man. This has the potential Seriously. to be a bathroom break match. That, that's how bad it okay. is right now. <laughs> wow. What a, what a way to go. What a way to go as your last match, then, if that's the case. Oh, man. Well, actually, as, as a segue, perfect segue from that is probably another last match. So we have two potential last matches going on at WrestleMania. Uh, the other one being Kurt Angle. And um, this topic here has gotten a lot of attention. Um, in, with a good reason. With social media. Yeah, for good reason. Um, because Kurt Angle came out and announced who his opponent, who's, who his WrestleMania opponent is going to be. And he said it's going to be Baron Corbin. Now, I, I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but I think we I remember talking to you and some other people about that. I, I did see Kurt Angle potentially facing Baron Corbin, you know, at WrestleMania because of the storyline. But if this is going to be your last match, like your last match ever, I mean, the, the picking Baron Corbin as the as the last guy like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. And and people on social media have really been letting them know that that letting the WWE know that they are not happy with the idea of them yeah. going against it, against You know, it's the way they set it up too, because it could have worked if Baron Corbin actually called out, you know, uh, Kurt Angle, because they could have had like a little mini feud, a little storyline, like you know, Baron Corbin is just getting tired of Kurt Angle just meddling with the, his affairs, so he he finally goes up to Vince, give him, you know, has a stipulation, like if he loses, he he's done with WWE for good forever, or something like that, for WrestleMania, yeah. and then that would have been cool. Nobody would have, you know you know, complained about it and nothing like that, because it made sense with the storyline. But this was just completely out, out 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 of left field because you set up you set up the expectations already that you know he's already you know he's getting ready towards the end of his career and he and now you got even commentators oh, who's gonna pick who's gonna pick who's gonna be his last you know his last opponent for WrestleMania and then you just take the room you just take the air out of the room or suck the air out of the room by mentioning Baron Corbin. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I agree. I agree with you. I think that you you hit it right on the head there that if it had it been Baron Corbin that would have been the one that was trying to end Kurt's career, fine. But for Kurt to come out and say, I want my last match to be against Baron Corbin, it's like, why? What, what, why, why him? You know, of all the people, I mean, yeah. the, the one that I've been hearing that would have made a whole lot of sense, you know, was uh, John Cena. Yep, you know, I've been John hearing that Cena too. And, yeah, because that's the way he started. So to end his match that way, shout exactly. out to Ricky if he's listening. Because uh, Ricky, you know, we talk about this a couple uh, times too with uh, with that possibility. So yeah, to, to start your to start, John Cena started his career on Kurt Angle, um, and so for Kurt Angle's career to end with John Cena, just the symmetry there would have been great. But it would uh, it would have yeah. Yeah, even that crowd, know, they didn't. Even the crowd, Chicago crowd, did not like that answer. Like, oh even goodness, when he said, bad. he said, he said, Kurt Angle, and then he went through his, you know, his promo. Of like, yeah, it's true, it's damn true. But you could tell by the crowd when he yeah. said it's damn you true. It's like, it was yeah, kinda... it's damn yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, can like, we go yeah. back to the part where you just picked Baron Corbin? Exactly. <laughs> like, wait a minute. That. Hold on. <laughs> try to just try to get us to look the other way while you go ahead and make that the match. Hold on. Let's 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 make sure we were doing the right thing here. So yeah, I, I don't know about about uh, about that choice, and I have a feeling that. It may actually change because there's there's some rumors now that they might actually tweak that match or do something. Yes. And, and John Cena actually called out Baron Corbin or something, calling him weak or something on social media. What was that? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I didn't see that on social media uh, about calling him weak. Yeah, it was there was something on. I forget what uh, what platform he had used, but but John Cena did mention Baron Corbin, and none of it was positive. So. Um, I feel like maybe he's angling a little bit uh, for potentially getting added in the match or teasing that he might be a part of this in some way, somehow. So that'd be cool. Um, I hope that's the case because that would I think that would make it better. Putting a guy, putting John Cena in Kurt Angle's you know, final matchup somehow, I think, would, would really make this work. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, it'd be the perfect story, man, to, for for John Cena. You know, that's how he started his career with the whole ruthless aggression promo. And that would be the only mm-hmm. way to do it. I, sometimes I don't get Vince, you know, way of thinking. It's It just befuddles me sometimes, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, we can talk about that, too, a little bit later because I've got some some serious you know, thoughts <laughs> on that as far as some of the other, the other matches we're going to talk about later on in the show. But, um yeah, I don't know. This Kurt thing, we'll see. That's 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 two in a row now that we've talked about with the WrestleMania. Basically, we're we're going over the road to WrestleMania right now, and we've we've talked about Triple H and Batista. Not excited about that. Kurt yeah. Angle, Baron Corbin. Not excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit of a of a <laughs> trend, a theme going on here with some of these matchups. But yeah. well, I tell you this about the whole card, but but that, yeah. those two right there stand out as is not being that great to me. It, it just shows you the disconnect between the two brands. Like, if I can get one brand to build just for WrestleMania, that would just be SmackDown, SmackDown alone, because they're just mm-hmm. shutting it down for this WrestleMania season. Like, yeah. all all storylines are just are just flowing, and it's just a yeah. jumble mess. It's just inconsist inconsistent on Raw. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. There's a distinct difference between the two shows right now in terms of how things are going. And, you know, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe hopefully Raw turns it around because they've got some pretty big matches uh, coming up. Um, yeah. 
So one of those big matches that, we, that they've got coming up is the Raw Women's Championship matchup. A um, little bit more build up on the Ronda Rousey side of things. Uh, Ronda Rousey uh, went against Dana Brooke. Uh, had, Dana Brooke had her championship match that she was asking for last week. Um, sort of. It was it was basically a, a squash matchup. <laughs> it was a squash. Not just basically straight up destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I, I would say that Rhonda, I'm really enjoying this version of, of Rhonda Rousey, you know, and her as as a heel or just just being like, you know, just just I guess in a way being uh, I don't want to say her true self overall, but she seems like she's letting loose. She seems like she's not yeah. as, as, as careful as she was before. And I like that mm-hmm. about her. So um, I don't know. What do you what did you think about her performance on Raw and just like how this is going so far? I, I'm, I'm digging this, man. Uh, I, I just want more more of it. And like you said, like, you know, she's putting more she's putting more herself into it. And that's basically what you're supposed to do with your your character in the WWE. It's just it's just you, but just dialed up a notch. And I think she's finally trying to get a grasp on that. And, and, and it's, right now it seems like it's flowing right. And I love the match. That match was was pinpoint logic right there. That's what's supposed to happen. Not one lick of offense. Dana Brooke is not supposed to get in. You're supposed to get destroyed, and that's what's supposed to happen. And that's what just happened. You got destroyed, like, manhandled. Like, you are not on my level. <laughs> and I loved it. Loved yeah, it. Yes. yeah, and I love yeah. every bit of that, man. And the whole setup, too. And, and, I, want, and, I, and I was thinking, too, man, like, when she had her uh, promo, in, you know, the gorilla, in the gorilla position, and, I, and when she's cutting on promo, I'm like, she's gonna get destroyed. Mm-hmm. This, this is this, this is gonna be a squash match. Is she getting destroyed? They're giving her too much time, like just building this up. <laughs> you know, the commentators are trying to kind of trying to sell me on this. Like, what if? And well, Michael Cole is trying to Corey Graves. You know, he's always spitting that logic, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that that was just that 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 was I, I enjoyed that very much. Just Ronda destroying, and I want to see some of that at, for WrestleMania too. Lean that up because uh, I think I think basically that would that would that would tell a logic story for the triple threat. You know, her just dominating, and then they would probably both have to tell the story. Yeah, 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 yep. And I and I think it would show a story of. Charlotte and Becky have to team up a little bit to handle that, man. Yeah, I mean, she did say that they had her permit. The WWE has her permission to make it a, a handicap match, so um, you know that that would help to yeah. follow up with that and pay off that off a little and bit. She did she say that I could take on both of y'all at the same time. Yep. <laughs> yep. So yeah, let's let's see that happen a little bit. I, I agree. I agree. I can see that that happening in the in the match for sure. Um, and then they just take out Ronda together to make it a one on one for a little bit between the two of them. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that could be fun. I think that would be a good follow up from what just happened. Um, now, what do you think of Ronda Rousey's husband being a part of the the storyline a little bit more here? I thought that was a cool element right there uh, when him throwing the. The punch added some, I don't know, believability to it. Maybe, mm. maybe a little bit, cause I, cause my my daughter bought it. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, but I, I guess it did. I I, I did like it. Uh, Run the husband getting involved. Uh, what about you? Um, I, I guess. 
what what works about it for me is that I've, I've always one thing that always kind of annoyed me with Ronda Rousey is yeah. when she would at, after her matches go up to him and give him the kiss and everything, and it just seemed like it would go on a little bit too long. Like I, I just kind of I don't know, it was just something about it that you know I mean at that time she was a face and I'm happy for her and they get to share that little moment that's great and you see other wrestlers all the time they'll yeah. go up to their their loved ones and hug them and stuff like that but with this one it just seemed like you know sometimes it just went on a little bit too long and it, it kind of took me out of what was going on in wrestling and now it's about like you know their relationship for a second here mm-hmm. and so I just kind of wasn't really with that and that annoyance I think works here because with her being a heel now and with their playing off the bad guys like her doing that and it's already kind of annoying me it works for her heel persona to to make me kind of dislike that situation and and it builds heat for her in that way um so from that perspective having him be a part of it i think works for her as a heel in this way because i don't know this dude but i kind of just i don't know i don't i don't have an opinion on him at, on a personal level in any way um and just seeing him as a part of the show i mean we'll see but it, um, I don't know. In the back, it was fine. In the in the ring, like at, during the match, like after the referees were surrounding them, and then you know, yeah. punched the guy, and then picked her up and pulled in the crowd. I just I don't know. I don't know how I felt about that overall. That's why I asked you to see because I'm a little bit torn on whether I think that's a, a good move or not. I think from a heel perspective, it kind of works because I was annoyed by it before, and I'm a little bit annoyed by it still. <laughs> I think it works. I think it works. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Travis Brown is, is the guy's name, I guess. Yeah. Is. yeah. Okay. Now, right. now, since we had uh, since ever since Rhonda switching the hill, how do you feel about the triple threat now? Are you still invested or are you not as much anymore? Like, How do you feel? What are your thoughts on it? Um, I think it. I'm not, I'm, I am, it's hard to say I'm more invested because I was really invested in the match. It's the type of matchup that for me doesn't even need build up necessarily. Although, you know, we got to do it. And we have to have that build up just to sell the, sell the, the, the pay-per-view. But yeah. um, Ronda being heel or face, I think focuses it a little bit more, but it doesn't make me more interested in the match on a whole. Either way, I thought, you know, just on paper, all three of them have a legitimate shot at winning this matchup. You know, Charlotte just being who she is, like arguably the top uh, wrestler in that women's division for ever since she's been in the women's division. You know, mm-hmm. Becky with her rise to the top, you know, like just the, the how she's skyrocketed with the fans and how hard she's worked. You know, you would believe that she can pull this out for sure. And for Ronda, I mean, baddest woman on the planet coming from UFC, like there, there's no doubt that, you know, in a real fight or, you know, here on the show, like would you, yeah. you wouldn't question whether or not Ronda can win in any fight. Um, so for me, I, I'm, I was very intrigued beforehand and with her being a heel, all it does really is it kind of, to me, it just helps focus in like Becky is the the fan favorite. They're not trying to sell us on Ronda, you know, or Becky, like who the fans should be cheering for. Like, it's clear that Becky is the person that, that the fans are going to be behind. They can cheer freely. They can boo Ronda freely. And, and Ronda can more seamlessly play off of those boos 
um, can can you know react to the crowd's booze with her own uh, uh, vitriol and yell things back at them, and and she doesn't have to feel awkward about should I still try to should I try to ignore the booze and maybe try to still get them to cheer me? No, she's like no, screw you, screw all of you. I don't need any of you. I've got my husband, and that's all I need, and that I think works for her. And Charlotte's still Charlotte, so. Yeah, it's. I think it just focuses it all uh, um, from a from a from an audience standpoint, from Ronda's standpoint, so that she knows what to do while she's in the ring when she's getting those booze. Um, that's it. But it doesn't it doesn't really enhance enhance it. Okay, with me, uh, I gotta be honest. It, it took me out a little bit. Even, I, I'm I'm digging her character, her new heel persona for for Ronda. Mm. Uh, just let me clarify. I'm digging that. But what's taking me out of it is the fact her lack of involvement in the other brand of being in SmackDown. Like it's it's mm-hmm. literally like two separate storylines right now for the women. So you got the triple threat storyline on Raw, and then for some reason, then you have like Becky and Charlotte. Like I need some transparency oh, between. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that to me, that kind of takes me out of it. I'm like, if if this is a truly a, if we're building a true triple triple threat that I need to see Ronda go over to SmackDown, you know, from time to time and just lay mayhem, let them know what's up. Like, Hey, y'all got an ass whooping coming to y'all WrestleMania. Not just, I just, you know, you know, just every time I I see her on raw and then maybe I might see Becky, I might see Charlotte, but on SmackDown, I'm never going to see, I'm never going to see Ronda. Hmm. Yeah, that I, I 100% agree with, though, is is what you just said about her not showing up on SmackDown. Yeah, if if they want to really heighten the anticipation of it, even though, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sold either way, but that would make it more fun on, when I'm watching SmackDown, you know, to see Ronda show up on SmackDown and, mm-hmm. and, and interact with them a little bit more. Because this whole, I mean, that, this kind of goes back to the whole, like, A show versus B show thing with Raw and SmackDown and having not having their main people really show up sometimes on SmackDown. Um, so for Ronda not to be on SmackDown, it kind of makes it feel like, well, do I need to watch SmackDown in order to see the buildup for this pay-per-view or should I just focus on Raw? Are you telling me that I, I really should just focus on Raw and Ronda and what she's doing and not really see SmackDown? I, they should make it to where you want to watch both. Most of us wrestling fans, we will watch both, but whenever they cross over, I think it just makes that connection better for me to, for any fan to say, yeah, yeah. You know, I better watch SmackDown because Ronda actually just showed up on SmackDown and just exactly. Becky again, you know, so to, to, have both to have all three of them in what is about to be the main event for WrestleMania show up on both shows, I think would, would uh, definitely be a, a good touch for the, for the storyline. Yeah. I would, I would think they, they would do that, especially since SmackDown is switching to Fox network and, yeah. and, and you want people to, you especially want your, your, especially the Monday night raw casual fans. You want them to see what's going on at SmackDown. Like, I, I don't understand that. Like, from a business standpoint, you should understand, like, all right, basically, Ronda's your your top star on the women's side. So if you want some viewers from Monday to, to trickle over to SmackDown, how about she go over there from time to time? And then, like you said, to your point, you never know t- if she's going to be over there or not. Like, man, I, I need to stop watching SmackDown now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a great point about the Fox deal because, yeah, they, they have been talks about, like, maybe Brock Lesnar showing up on SmackDown. Yep, yep. 
Fox, I think, wants Ronda on SmackDown potentially yeah. for when they make that move. Um, so with that being said, like, yeah, it seems weird that they wouldn't put even just start putting her on SmackDown now because they have a great reason to kind of start that try to get people used to seeing Ronda on SmackDown. Because she she has a match with two of their superstars. So why not? Yeah. So I, yeah, it is it is weird that you know that she's absent from that show. Uh, maybe this week they'll they'll change that up. But um, I think you, you just brought up a great point that that uh, her not being on SmackDown kind of is is taking you out of the the the, the buildup for this whole thing. And and um, I I agree. I think that regardless, the match kind of sells itself. But I do think that there is something to say about having this the, the this built up in a certain way so that you don't lose people. Exactly. Like you want this to feel special. This is supposed to be the women's first main event. You know what I'm saying? For WrestleMania. So if you want this to feel special, have her on the other brand. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well said. All right. Um, so now, um, speaking of the main championship matchups that we've got going on, Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins, too, had a little bit more build up towards their matchup for the Universal Championship at, uh, at WrestleMania. Um Show started off with Heyman, Brock Lesnar, you know, showing up and the Chicago fans giving them, you know, you're giving the two of them <laughs> that love. Um, yes. I, I met a couple people, a couple people that I knew were going to the show and I told them, I said, make sure you blew the hell out of Brock Lesnar so that they know <laughs> how we are about him not having, you know, showing up every week. Yes. Um, you know, and they, they were already of that mindset. I think most people going to the show already had that mindset. Of like, no, as soon as Brock Lesnar shows up, we're going to let this man know. <laughs> I mean, for you not to be on Raw every week and hold that belt hostage has been terrible. So yes. um, they, they definitely let him know. And it was it was fun to watch. So that, that part I really loved. Um, they ended up showing Drew McIntyre a little bit of love through through the promo. Oh, um, yeah. McIntyre has been de- – he destroyed Roman Reigns. He destroyed uh, Dean Ambrose. Um, and now Seth Rollins wants to go and fight Drew McIntyre. Is he nuts? Drew McIntyre is going to destroy him too. Uh, Drew McIntyre came out, you know, and was like, it's great to get all the love finally for, you know, for everything he's done and all the work he's put in and this and that. Um, but then Seth, they basically cut him off almost mid-sentence, like through through uh, one of the, a part of the, toward the tail end of his promo, I should say, and uh, hit him with a chair and uh, gave him a great beat down with a chair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> five or six times with that chair right right just kind of went at Adam the crowd said one more time and Seth hit him about like ten more times <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool to see um, then he went in the ring with the chair Brock Lesnar got out kind of walked away um, and that was pretty much it for, for Brock and Seth. So I'll ask this in terms of because we will talk more about the Drew McIntyre side of it in a little bit. But with uh, Brock and Seth, how how are you feeling overall going into this matchup? Because I feel like the buildup is, is really tough for for this matchup, given that Brock is really never there. That, that's um, the reason why know, the buildup is tough, man. It's being a detriment to the to the storyline for WrestleMania for for Seth build. Uh, right. Especially if he's supposed to be claiming that title back, you know it's it that's this is no, this is another storyline, you know that ha- that I have to say that you know I, that kind of took me out of it because Brock is hardly there. 
Yeah. And Seth is just, you know, just doing all the work and he's kind of, you know, doing something else with, with Drew for the for the past couple of weeks, man. So yeah. Like like those yeah. like I, I really I'm just I don't know, I to sum it all up. I'm just frustrated on Monday Night Raw for their storylines for for WrestleMania. And 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 this and the Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar is a prime example, another prime example of me just being just disappointed in this build because there's no is no 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 detriment to to Seth Rollins, man. But it's just you know, come on, man. We need a champion to be here all the time, every week, not just every every quarter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to in in comparing it to SmackDown, Daniel Bryan is there every week, building the hell out of this potential matchup that he has going up. You know, going into WrestleMania, you know, with with Kofi potentially. Yeah. Um, and you know, you look on Raw side, and it's really just Seth, 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 like on his side, just trying to do everything he can. You know, wrestling every week, talking about Brock every week, trying yes. to sell the matchup, but. On Brock's side, I mean, sure, we get Paul Heyman showing up every once in a while, but that's not the same because he, there, there's no sure if, you know, Seth and Paul Heyman go face to face and they're going back and forth with their words, it's fine. But there's something to be said about a wrestler being able to look his opponent in the eye and saying, like, how how pissed off or how he feels or how badly he wants to take that belt off of him versus to his advocate or his manager or whoever. And we're really missing that. Like, think about some of the, the classic feuds that we've had over the years, uh, you know, some of the best ones. My favorite has always been Rock and, and Stone Cold. You know, the Rock and Stone Cold, their feuds over the years were awesome. And to have both of them, you know, be able to cut promos on each other, yeah. up WrestleMania matchups, you know, just you could feel the anticipation. Even a third WrestleMania match, and they used the two previous as the way to tell the story, man. That was just genius. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, the way he said, and, and Rock called out Stone Cold too. And he, this is when he was the 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 heel. This is Hollywood. No, he was uh, Hollywood Rock at the time when he kind of yep. slowed down his theme music. You remember yeah. that that slow tempo pace? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he called out the Rock. He, he called out Stone Cold. It's like, yeah, I never beat you. You know what I'm saying? You right. you know, two times you got me, and then yeah. Yeah, so, you know, not having Brock be a part of this to really help establish that, that, that rivalry and to help build up this match, it just, it just it feels like it's lacking a whole lot. Um, yeah. You know, they're doing the best they can with, with what they have, but it all just, it's one of the weakest buildups for a WWE championship match that I can remember um, in, a, in a while, you know, like, yeah. even Reigns Brock Lesnar matchup like I, I mean no one was really looking forward to that because it was like man we're seeing this again but um there I, I don't know maybe because it had happened before that we were more interested in it I don't know but this one the only reason why I'm interested in this matchup is for Seth Rollins to take that belt off of Brock Lesnar that's it that's the only reason I really care about this I match. think that's the reason why everybody last year was interested in that match for for Roman Reigns and Brock. So he can take, because everybody assumed that he was going to take that belt. And right. I was just shocked because it didn't happen. And that match was just, was laughable, man. Like, oh, he want to kick out out of, what, what was it, six F5s he kicked out? F5s, yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Are you trying to just insult yeah. my intelligence? Yeah. <laughs> 
was a joke. It was. It was, man. It was. So I don't know, but um, yeah, Seth. I mean, kudos to him for everything he's been yeah. doing. He came out in Chicago colors, you know, with his gear, which was awesome. Uh, he's a oh he's yeah, Bears. Chicago Bears. Yep. He showed uh, Bears love there, which was great. Um, the Chicago fans, you know, showed him love back. So it was fun seeing that. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm excited for Seth, and I'm hopeful for Seth. I, I'm not sure if they're actually going to go through with it and have Seth, you know, be you know take this belt off of Brock because again, just like you mentioned last year, yeah, everyone assumed yep. Roman Reigns is going to win that. that <laughs> so I'm not going to go as far as to say, yeah, man. That Seth's going to do this, uh, but I hope he does. I hope he does because we need we need this to stop where where we don't have the champion there, and you know now we're dealing with it again at WrestleMania, which is supposed to be the biggest uh, wrestling pay per view period, and it we're just the, the one of the marquee belts of the of the brand is really not getting represented that well at the at that show by the champion, so that that's just crazy to me. Yeah, um, I know, man. So that's it for that. But um, Drew McIntyre, let's just segue right into him and his part of this, man. Like, I'm going to let you because, you know, I, I have so much re- respect for Drew McIntyre. But the way that you <laughs> illustrate what Drew McIntyre has been doing, like, I just love listening to you talk about him. So just go ahead and, and give man, me a Drew this man, week. Man, dude, just give this man the mic every time. Every time, man. Even when, like, he, I love when he first came out. And for some reason... When he tells the crowd to shut up, I love the response because he gets more heat. He, the more booze just comes in. And for some reason, I just soak that in with, with uh, Drew McIntyre. Like, we just soak it in together. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy, but that's how I feel. But, man, dude, this dude, like, like I said last week, this this is the reason why he has money, man. He killed that promo uh, when he was talking about Roman Reigns. He, whoa. When he said that Roman Reigns is, you know, he might, is, might be strong enough to beat leukemia, but not strong enough yeah. to beat him. God yeah. damn, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> Mike <was> drop. <laughs> right. <laughs> I stood up for that, man. I was standing up during after he said after he said that, I stand up throughout the entire promo, man. Just in shock and awe. What he was just saying. Because I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe the verbiage coming out this man's mouth of yeah. of just raw passion. Just you, you couldn't tell this man that he was wrong for nothing. You couldn't tell him he that 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 promo. He was he was right in every way. Like he was right yeah. to call Roman Reigns out. He was right to call him out for WrestleMania. Man, that that promo was pitch perfect by Drew McIntyre. That's why he is the man. That's why he's a Scottish psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Now, this for me, these last two weeks for Drew McIntyre have shown me, and I, I was already sold on Drew McIntyre before, but you know, these two weeks showed me that Drew McIntyre is 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 ready. Like he's ready to be put yeah. into that spotlight to be the main guy of Raw or of SmackDown or yeah. whatever show he ends up being on after the after WrestleMania. But he's he needs to be the guy. Like now, yeah. he needs to. Happen. He needs to um, be the guy for to for for to be a heel. I saw what he could do as a face for NXT. That's cool. Oh, all right, but yeah. he needs to be heel. Scottish psychopath Drew McIntyre. 
That's his gimmick. 100%. 100%. He was great as a face. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. On NXT, that was great to watch, too. But, yeah, Yeah. no, this is a level of Drew McIntyre that we've never seen before. So, for him to to be a heel, I think, would be important. Um, But, yeah, I'm just excited for him going forward. Like, I just think he's just shown and he's ready. And a matchup with Roman Reigns, I think, is the WWE acknowledging that they see it, too, because you're putting him against – the franchise, you know, the new guy, the new face yeah. of the company, the, Roman Reigns, in what would ordinarily be probably the main event of a WrestleMania on any any other year, you know, given, you know, who Roman Reigns is and the cash he has with the company and what Drew's been doing. Um, so that it, it's a great uh, opportunity for him. Um, I'm looking forward to the matchup. We won't really get into, like, who we think is going to win or anything like that, but I just think that it's going to be – I'm 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 really pulling for Drew to have a great showing in this match and just to show yeah. that I think the people know who we're really pulling for. Like, oh, <laughs> like <man>. they, they <laughs> know. <laughs> just the way we talk yeah. about Drew, they they should know. Right. right. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, there's reasons to pull for Roman as well, right? Like you want Roman yeah. just out on human level, you want Roman to have a great match. But man, Drew, that this match is big for Drew. It is, man. It is. That was a big-time move. I I love everything about that promo. He didn't didn't ramble through his words. He didn't fumble through his words. It was was perfect, man. Everything about that promo was perfect. Yeah, man. Agreed, agreed. Um, And he got another win, too, by the way. We we didn't even talk about that. Oh, yeah, the the cleanest win? Cleanest? Would you say cleanish yeah. or or clean? Well, he got the win. I just said he got the win. I didn't <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to describe it, it, it wasn't clean. It wasn't. You know, okay. he, he okay. got the win. <laughs> Seth was about to win. It looked like Seth was about to win the matchup. That's the way it seemed set up. And then but, the I don't know, man. What, what, what I see people get distracted by that, like, yeah. that's, that's a clean win in my book. That's that's on the wrestler. If you, if you get distracted by the ramp, I don't care, man. That that's on you. I, I gotta look at it as clean. That's that's how I look at it as as kayfabe. Like they're all they're what two hundred feet up the ramp. So yeah. it, <laughs> but I guess, man, the way the way it's being sold, right, is you anticipate. Okay, you hear that music. That guy's coming towards the ring, and especially. Yeah. Like, Brock Lesnar. So uh, in any other situation, maybe like, you know, if it's Leo Rush's music, you probably don't even panic. Like, whatever, man, I could throw him into the stands if I wanted to. But this is Brock Lesnar's music hidden. And you did try to attack him with a chair or at least threaten him with a chair earlier. So, you know, maybe he wants some retribution. You took a couple F5s before. You kind of want to watch your back because you don't trust him. And then here comes Drew McIntyre with the Claymore. I mean, I... I see both sides of the story. I'm going to say it wasn't clean because he had him in position for the curb stomp. It was it was right there for the taking. So it was – it was. And he got distracted by Brock Lesnar's music. Right, right. So it wasn't like any type of interference, like Paul Heyman got up to the rope, tried to distract the ref, anything like that. This was solely on, 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 on Seth. His distraction. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just breaking it down. I'm just I'm just laying yeah. down the fact. 
I hear you. I hear you. I guess I would. Well, okay, so just looking at it, comparing it to say, if Paul Heyman would have came onto the in, on the the apron and been on the ropes, you know, and like talked to the ref or whatever, I almost look at a distraction like that and compare it in the same way. Like a distraction is a distraction to me. If you're going to distract somebody with anything, you know, then that interrupts the matchup's flow. And so I, I will give the wrestlers some credit for, well, if that never happened, and given what we were looking at, he was in position for a curb stop. Maybe Drew McIntyre would reverse it. We'll never know. But what happened was Drew McIntyre capitalized on that distraction. So it was a distraction. You got But we don't it. know, man. Like, like you said, he was in position for curb stomp. <laughs> we don't know if he would have hit it. <laughs> All we know, though, is that Drew McIntyre was able to capitalize off of the distraction. So it's debatable. You got You can't take anything away from Drew, but you can also give Seth. I'm going to make one thing clear. I'm not taking anything away from, from Drew. He got, to me, he got a clean win, all right, in my book. Clean win, all right, Drew? That's what you got. That, that's that's your that's your opponent's fault for getting distracted. And he probably mentioned that in the promo on Monday. <laughs> it's like it's not my fault. He let himself get he let himself get distracted. <laughs> Clean ish. I'm I'm gonna give him an ish. I'm oh giving... now now you're changing the thing. <laughs> Clean ish. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, um, Gosh, well, there was nothing clean-ish about what happened to Kofi Kingston this week. Um, oh, I think I prefer for this. So, for let, let's let's just just kind of break this down a little bit. Kofi was given an opportunity uh, at a WrestleMania matchup with Daniel Bryan if if he could go through the gauntlet again. Um, and he had a whole slew of opponents he had to go through. He had to go through Sheamus. He had to go through Cesaro. He had to go yes. through Roman. He had to yes. go through some more. Then you had to go through Randy Orton. Um, and, you know, seeing that lineup of, of superstars, some of these guys, former champions, current champions, you're thinking to yourself, all right, this is this. Um, but Kofi Kingston, one by one, you know, had a, a victory on, on Sheamus, uh, a victory on Cesaro. Eric Rowan got himself disqualified, but did a ton of damage. Um, Real quick, I love that part when when Eric Rowan, Rowan destroyed him, and then yeah. you had like a oh shit moment the, the minute you heard Samoa's Joe music because you yeah. knew it was about to go down. That that was that that, that whole that whole gauntlet was set up like perfect too, man. Yeah, I mean. I do have a little bit of a gripe with the Joe part. A little bit of a gripe with that. I'm, I'm nitpicking. I'm going to admit that I'm nitpicking with this. But okay. All right. That I that I have an issue with is that Joe just became United States champion, and I mean Kofi Kingston just got destroyed. This he's on his fourth match. He just went through Sheamus. He just went through Cesaro, and then he got the break speed off of him by Eric Rowan. He got put through the table with that claw choke slam thing that Rowan does. And then here comes Joe. Now, the way I guess that they can kind of sell it to make sense is Joe is taking his time. He's toying with them. He's playing with his meal. You know, he's, he's yeah. taking any time, but he wants to savor it, you know, and 
I just there's a little bit of logic that's lost on me for for that. Like, uh, for the, okay, okay. Like, I need to see for, that. <laughs> I just I feel like Joe, being who he is, the most dangerous man in in the in the company right now, as they're trying to bill him, right? Like he's the most dangerous man. He, in my opinion, if if he's gonna have an opponent like that, that is you know, basically done and dead. For him to to find himself getting rolled up, you know, and beaten that way, and he's United States champion, he just won the belt. You know, there's something about it that just, for a little bit, again, I, I, I said it in the beginning that I'm nitpicking here because while well, I accept it, but afterwards I'm like, man, but Joe, like, did he, should Joe have even been in this matchup for the first place? Maybe they could have picked somebody else. To, to be that guy that he he would beat in that way, um, but it just rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. But I'm rooting for Kofi, so it's like okay, you know, I, I'll take that. And I did appreciate that Joe after the match, you saw the look in his eye, like oh what, yeah, like, like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm about to tear him up, destroy him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So that part I feel like they they made up for it a little bit by having Joe do that. Um, so that that's where I was like, okay, but I don't know. My, I guess my only thing would have been maybe pick somebody else to be in that position. But but to your point, with it being Joe, you had that like, oh damn, like, like right. I don't think that would have worked for anybody else. Yeah, I, I I have a hard time disagreeing with you on that for sure. To be honest with you, but it, it's just the feeling that I got that, and it, and actually during the matchup as it was happening. I, I was I accepted everything that had happened for what it was, but afterwards because I watched it again and I'm like, oh, would Joe have really gotten beat like this? Like that, it just it was a question that popped up in my head while I'm watching it. And I just I had to to give it some thought. So that's my he got he got a quick roll up by Ray Mysterio the week before. Yeah, I mean even that. I'm tired of seeing Joe. I maybe I'm just tired of seeing Joe getting beat like that. Mm-hmm. Tell Joe to work on his core game, man. You know, strengthen that core. Get them oh, tummy muscles. That's what that's what Baron Corbin did, man. You know this Baron Corbin don't get rolled up anymore. <laughs> I believe that alone. Um, <laughs> uh, but but anyways, man, back back to your point when you said you was nitpicking. I, I think I don't know if that I can see why you nitpick, but, but to me, I see that as that's within Joe's character. He loves the slow play, take his time, even his finisher, the Coquina clutch. Right. You know, that, that's a finisher that takes the time because he'd like to see them go to sleep, man. That's him. So I can I can buy that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I and I'm with you. I'm with you. I just I guess for me, I want Joe to get, you know, that that push to that main event, you know, uh, WWE championship or universal championship status. And if you're on that level, I don't know that getting rolled up or getting beaten this way in a gauntlet match where three other people softened them up and then you came up and then you got rolled up. Like, I don't know if that's the road to getting on that, on that, in that level, but um, you know, it, it was fine. It's just one of those things that, that watching it again, I'm like, Ugh, you know, I just had to cringe a little bit, you know, when I saw it happen to, to someone that I'm really pulling for to go to the next level. So that's all it was. Um, yeah, but I don't think that would hurt, hurt him 
especially on the SmackDown brand, because you got to remember, man, on, on SmackDown, when AJ Styles was a champion for over a year, how many times he got pinned as a champion? You know what I'm true. saying? Even though it was non-title matches, he was getting pinned as a champion. That's true. That's true. And, 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 and it didn't hit. It didn't hurt his. It didn't diminish his character. It didn't hurt him. It didn't it didn't slow down his run. So I don't think this is gonna hurt Joe, especially you know when he had the surprise look on his face, that murderous look. Like all right, I'm about to kill this fool now for what he just did. Like, like he just had audacity. Like he just felt disrespected. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> um, so then, yeah. After that, Randy. Uh, he, he, so he beat Joe. Then uh, Randy Orton. It was Randy Orton after that, right? Then that, yeah, that was the flow yeah. of it. So, yep, yeah, Randy, Randy Orton. Um, and similar thing. I mean, Randy Orton too. That was kind of the story that you know Randy Orton took his time, wanted to you know play with his meal a little bit, and yep. you know uh, he, he he got him. Kofi got him and pinned him. And everyone thought, okay, this is it. And the New Day came out. Uh, they put Kofi on the shoulders. They were lifting him up. Vince McMahon came out and said, I just came out to congratulate Kofi. Say, congratulations. You're going to Kofi, to your WrestleMania. Uh, you're going to WrestleMania if you can beat this one last person. And I, I, once Vince McMahon came out, you kind of knew something was going to happen. Like Actually, was, I kind of knew when something was going to happen. Like, because in, in my front room, I, I can I can see the it shows like the cable box time. So when 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 he beat Kofi, we had six, six to seven minutes left. And I'm like, I mean, not beat Kofi when we beat Randy Orton, we had six to seven minutes left. I'm like, what the hell is about to go on? So all of a sudden I hear, and then when you hear Vince's man's no chance in hell music, I'm like, yep, here we go. He's about to pull a fast one. Yep, yep. Yeah, so he did. He and he sure did pull a fast one because he brought out Daniel Bryan. Said you have to beat him. Um, <laughs> which, like the the it just deflated that whole arena. You could feel. Yeah. It. Um, you know, I'm watching too. Like, oh, here we go, man. Here we go again. There's no way. Um, you still kind of. I was still pulling for him. I'm still thinking maybe. Yeah. But when Daniel started doing the yes thing for the for his uh, for his knee running knee kick, I'm yeah. like, oh. This is over because he hasn't. Oh yeah! Yet. Oh, and that was perfect because the crowd was going no, and he's going yes. Oh man, that was great. That was great. They'll probably use that for some type of video package. I bet. I hope so because that visual was perfect. Like yeah. it was crazy to see Daniel doing that. The yes tone, yes channel, whatever, and the whole crowd was saying no, no. <laughs> and it was right. a unanimous no. It was like, you know, a couple not of yeses right. sprinkle in there. No, no man. That was a hundred percent hell no. Look at what Kofi just went through. Yeah. Hey, like to, to actually say you're gonna put him through all that and then have him lose at the end. Yeah. Like, yeah. And when he, and when Vincent Man came out and he said you have to beat this man, and Daniel Bryan came out, I immediately thought I was like, God damn, this is some smart booking. I wouldn't have thought about this. I wouldn't have thought about this. This is smart. How This is how the hell you get more heat on Brian and still yeah. build Kofi. This is how you keep Kofi Mania. This is how you keep the momentum going for Kofi Mania to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think that they're doing a great job with uh, the storyline overall. It's just, um, you know, I, I just, and I, and I feel for Kofi. You know, I really do. Yeah. I'm like, man. 
you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what if they really don't give this man, you know, this match? Although I, I fully believe it's going to happen. Nah, you you but, can't do all this and not give this man a WrestleMania. I cannot see that. I can't see that. No, me, me neither. But in the I, back I know of Vince McMahon does like, out-the-box uh, thinking, but I cannot literally see that, though. They're selling it, though. I yeah. will say. On it. <laughs> Social media was posted up a video just talking about how disgruntled he is, and you know, with all the work and all the sacrifices that they've made, that at a certain point, you know, you got to start questioning is if it's even worth it. Yeah, they talked about even quitting. I saw that video, man. Yeah, so I feel like they're teasing. Maybe the next step would be that that the new day is going to threaten to leave the company if he doesn't get the shot. And I also think mm-hmm. that wrestlers are going to join them. Yep. That. Yeah, I like, was going to say that because it, it was all, you know, saying their support throughout the whole entire uh, show, you know, from Kevin Owens to to Randy Orton. Even The Miz said, you know, Kofi deserves it, man. Yep, yep. So I think this might take us back to when, because this whole story is starting to feel a lot like what Daniel Bryan went through, and they're trying, just trying to, like, have Daniel, the new Daniel Bryan, go against basically someone who embodies what he used to represent. And so this kind of reminds me of when Daniel Bryan took over Raw and yeah. said, hey, we're not leaving until we get what, what it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think that might happen. Like, they try to take it could, over. It could. And why Just, not, man? Why not? This show is not going to go on until Kofi Kingston gets his, his matchup. And Vince is going to come out, threaten to fire everybody, and they're going to say, yeah. we're not leaving. No one's leaving, and sure enough, he's probably going to get a shot next week. That's that's my prediction in terms of next week's SmackDown. Yeah, so, yeah, Vince will come out. Oh, you're you're all fired, then. You know, he'll come with his groggy voice. Yep. <laughs> yep. It has to be because really, there's no yeah. other way to do this. There's no one on on uh, like in in management that I could see coming out and going up against Vince. And I thought that maybe that might have been the storyline that we were leading to, like Triple H versus you know, uh, uh, Vince McMahon kind of situation in terms of the the, the Becky Lynch thing, for instance. Where uh, Becky yeah. out of the match and replaced with Charlotte. And then yeah. Kofi, the same thing happened with him with Kevin Owens, and now they repeated like what uh, Kofi's been through. I thought maybe Triple H was going to be on the side of the wrestlers because both times that this happened, uh, Vince kind of surprised Triple H and Stephanie with taking out Becky, and then you surprised Shane by taking out Kofi because because before Vince came out, the matches were set for those mm-hmm. respective Becky and Kofi to be at WrestleMania. So it seemed to be leading towards a like inner turmoil thing with the McMahon family. But now, you know, with Triple H being, you know, having this thing with Batista and with Shane being a heel and Stephanie, I mean, Stephanie's really the only person that maybe, you know, could, could be still carry that on if they want to go that route, but I kind of doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. So logically, just from a writing standpoint, the only thing I can think of would be the wrestlers taking things into their own hands and everybody that supported him taking matters in their own hands and saying, look, we're, we're basically going on strike and we're shutting down SmackDown until you make things right for Kofi Kingston, and that'd be it. So that's what I think is going to happen. Let, let me ask you about these storylines now. Because uh, right now, I guess, well, before SmackDown, well, I say before Kofi, 
before Kofi Mania, you had the triple threat for the women's uh, championship on Raw. And I believe that was the A storyline for WrestleMania. To me, I think that switch, now it's, you got Kofi as 1A and the triple threat for the women's as 1B. Because to me, man, that, this Kofi Mania story is, every week is getting momentum. And to me, I care about this, this Kofi Mania every week, more and more. And now I want to see this more than the I, – I care about this more. I still care about the women's triple threat, but I care about this more than the women's triple threat match. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, man. Um, gosh, that's a great question, man. Um, I think that Kofi's storyline is the top – has the most momentum right now. I agree with you there. Um I still put the women's championship match at the top mm-hmm. just because you've got, you know, the Ronda, Ronda Rousey, the big name there and just what she's been doing. Becky is just on an all-time high. I mean, it, it's definitely calmed down in the last couple of weeks, but yes. I still just my gut reaction is to say that because even I wrote in my notes when I was, when I was writing down the, the card for WrestleMania, I still put, the women's championship match at the top because that to me is, is still the focal point with everything that they've done this year, you know, with just the, the strides that they they've made this year for the women and the, the, um, you know, the women's evolution pay-per-view match and all of that. Like, I think there's just been so much momentum for the whole year that that's still kind of the match that's that I'm anticipating the most on the card. But, you know, if I'm to take just the last couple of let's the last month, let's say, of, of yeah. build up, say which of the two matchups has been built better. It's definitely been the Kofi Kingston uh, uh, matchup with Daniel Bryan for sure. Yeah, like, that's just such a better build up, such better. The storytelling's been way better, you know, for that for that matchup. Um, and you know, it's it. I mean, I don't know if this can really can be categorized as a show stealer because it's it. We kind of see it coming. We see you know this matchup happening, and we see like you know, Kofi potentially winning this matchup and being champion for the first time ever. But, you know, I, I just, it, it, it has that ability to maybe take over at WrestleMania and be yeah. like, hey, you watch would, like this would that be a better ending too, to end it with Kofi winning the championship? Man. <laughs> or would you rather see Becky win? What's the best? To me, that'd be all time high to see, to see Kofi win. To finally get what what he been fighting for eleven years for, and to see that yeah. image, see all the confetti, everybody new day brace, raising them up, everybody man, it'll just be a, a glorious you know vision right there, man, visual. But then, I think it's I think it's got to be Becky. I think it's got to be Becky. I think Becky's got to end the show because with Becky. I mean, you say eleven years with Kofi Kingston. Becky recently, I saw her. Um, I was watching the the Warriors last game, and she would. They actually interviewed her. <laughs> I was just watching that when I was waiting for you to come into. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they interviewed, and she was talking about you know Charlotte, but she said seventeen years she's been working towards this goal. So maybe she'll start to work that in, and that'll be like all right, eleven versus seventeen years. I mean, yeah, she's been working at it longer, I guess. But um, you know, just. For one, I don't know if we're ever going to be at a point. We did, Hopefully we are. We get to this point again. But it, 
I don't know that we, we will ever be at this point again where it's so clear that the the women's championship matchup is the main event and can, and is 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 for sure the main event like it, it's 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 never happened before and they definitely have the talent to be able to do this again in in, in years to come but it's just so perfectly timed for for you know the appearance of Ronda Rousey now in in wrestling in uh, WWE and you know Charlotte Flair being a part of the company and Becky just being so popular with the crowd so over with the crowd that that matchup and then having Becky raise the title and then ending the show with a woman with a championship overhead and that rolling the credits on that image I don't know that we'll get a moment built up like this in this exact way again to be able to say, well, we'll give it to Kofi this time and then maybe do this next year with, with one of them again. Like, I don't, I don't think you can recreate where, where they've, what, what got us to this point with the women with Kofi, you know, it's an amazing thing for him personally and for wrestling fans to see, you know, a Kofi Kingston and wrestle like that, where, you know, for, like you said, 11 years, you know, he's been working and you, no one ever thought Kofi would be in this situation. So for him too, this is it. Obviously, like I don't, I don't, I can't say next year you'll for sure see Kofi Kingston, you know, fighting for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. I, I would probably say no. That's probably not going to happen. Um, but I, I just think that the Becky Lynch ending the the WrestleMania of that image, I think, is maybe the more important for just real life reasons. And for for women in general, what they've been doing and what they've been building up all this time. And I think for Kofi to win and then that lead into potentially Becky winning and that to be back to back like that is a win regardless. Right. So for 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 them to then go from Kofi winning the championship and and achieving his lifelong dream, segue that into Becky Lynch achieving her lifelong dream and becoming the, the being a part of the first ever women's main event. And then for her to be raising that title up, the, the person least likely to who you of the three, she's the least likely that you would have said, maybe you'd say it was going to be Charlotte versus Ronda one-on-one and Charlotte beats Ronda or Ronda beats Charlotte, but no one was thinking Becky Lynch a year from now, a year ago uh, to this point. Um, so, yeah, I just think that that's the more maybe important image, but, between the two, even though it's damn close. It's damn close for me. Like, it's hard for me to, to even make that call because well, of what Kofi's been doing. So, well, let me yeah. frame it this way, because I think this is slightly bigger than than the than the women's main event. The reason why, because like I think we, we talked about it before, you know, uh, of race maybe playing a small factor. And I think it is, it's here right now, like, because there's, when you think about it, there's never been a black WWE champion. There's been world champions when they had the world championship title, when they, the world heavyweight championship title, when they uh, got it from the WCW and, you know, who held it? Was it Booker T, Mark Henry? Uh, yeah, some of those guys, uh, even Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, but they never really counted him. Well, they never counted him. He just never really spoke about his heritage, his effort being black. He always talked about his, his Samoan history. That's all we heard about. Only time we heard about his Africans, African American side is when they talk about his dead, you know, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, but, but I just think here being, you know, having that Kofi Kingston 
first black WWE champion ending ending WrestleMania like that. His story is going on for every new news outlet. Kids hearing this, kids, you know, hit uh 10 year old, 12, black boys, girls seeing this, man. Yeah, I think that they'll resonate with the I think that would just resonate with, with, with the community, man, and it will go further than than what you know what the women can do uh, on the with the main event card, and, and I'm not knocking them, but I think this is what what Kofi Mania started and what it is now. I think it's bigger than what what the women are doing right now. Yeah, that's tough for me, man. Like I, I, I as much as I love what I'm seeing with with Kofi, you know, and as a black man myself, I do you know, feel inspired by what he's doing. And I think that's great. But I mean, I just I have to disagree. You know, I have to disagree. I feel like, you know, with the women, you got to think about where the women came from previous to even this year. Take it back uh, years ago where all the women were regulated to doing were being managers and being in bra and panties matches. Oh, yeah, man. I grew up in attitude era. So I know that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So women were basically just there just as objects. And now we're in an era where not only in wrestling, but in life, you know, women are being, you know, there's just such a such a fight and such a push to put women in that same category as the men to say that gender shouldn't matter when it comes to who gets certain opportunities and spots and all of that. So, you know, there's been such a big fight now. I mean, when it comes to race, too, it's it's that is obviously still there. And we're still fighting that fight, you know, as well. But um, I think when it comes to the these two storylines, the Kofi Kingston storyline, even though it's kind of been insinuated a little bit these last two weeks, we really haven't been there with, you know, they haven't come out and just said, hey, you know, it's about that. I don't think they should have to no. say like, and, they, know, and they've been touring the fine line. And, and like, I know we talked about it last week when, when Kofi said, you don't want to see anybody like me. And I think you alluded to saying maybe, well, he could have been talking about his size or anything like that. Because having how Vince McMahon used to book big guys, and that, yeah, that's true back in the day. But you know, in a new age, the smaller guys. Look at Daniel Bryan; he's the WWE champion now. So I think maybe he was talking about basically maybe his the color of his skin, his race to uh, to, to to Vince McMahon. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it depends on 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 a personal level. Personal. Yeah. Where you're coming from watching that as to how you're going to interpret it, you know, because I think it's going to mean different things to different people, right, depending on what you can relate to, you know, and so for for me, you know, I look at it in so many different levels, I look at it on a race level, I look at it on just kind of feeling like you're you're overlooked just because, um, you know, because you don't fit that certain thing that people are looking for. Um, you know, watching wrestling for so many years, like I said last week, I just you, you see um, them usually go for a certain type of wrestler. And even though Daniel Bryan is champion, um, they still kind of won't give opportunities to, to other guys that are that are you know smaller like him, you know, and like a guy like Finn Balor, you know, we're still trying to hope that he will get that universal championship opportunity again. We're not sure. Um, so it's, it's, I think there's different ways to interpret it. And I think that it's, it's kind of really smart that it's that open that the, yeah. the new just come out and say like, Hey, this is about race. You know what I'm saying? Like the, leaving it open like that. It's like, people are smart enough to read between the lines and see and what, what they're saying. And to also 
be able to take this however you want to take it. And I think that's anyone's prerogative, how they want to take it. Um, now, where I kind of still side with, you know, Becky's story and the women's championship as being the main storyline is because the Kofi Mania thing has happened maybe the last couple you know, months, right? Like we've been maybe two, three months now. He's been actually, it was, it was a uh, elimination chamber that this kind of started. Yeah. Ever since that gauntlet. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, you know, this thing with the women has been building up now for, gosh, man, it's, this is, this is. Well, since years. Survivor Series, ever since, uh, basically Becky attacked Ronda on Raw, invaded Raw. So what was that around maybe late October, November? Yeah, well, I, I guess, but what, I guess where I'm going with it is that I think the the idea of the women main eventing a WrestleMania has been going on even longer than that. And the fact that, like last year, I thought really Oscar's matchup with Charlotte probably should have been the main event of WrestleMania. I, that's just my 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 truth there. And I thought that that given that Oscar was undefeated and given that Charlotte was at that time the top women superstar, you know, and you're putting a streak on the line and there's a belt on the line. Like that's a perfect symmetry for main event type of matchup. And they didn't do it. You know, and the, the NXT women, the four horsemen of NXT, you know what they've been doing. Yeah. Like, it made it real to say, wow, like they are doing moves that the guys are doing and it looks good. And it's like, you want to watch it and you want to see them compete and perform to the point where when you start thinking about WrestleMania, it's like, man, why not? Why wouldn't they be the main event? So I feel like the buildup towards the main event for the women has been going on for, for a long time. And it, it just seems right that this is the time is now to make that happen, you know, because to, to drag it out again and to say, you know, that as as wonderful as this storyline has been for Kofi and as great as it's been to then usurp the women again for the storyline that, you know, for for Kofi, it started at Elimination Chamber for the most part. I don't know that that, that feels right to me to then just switch it for, for, for this storyline specifically. But I do feel that, you know, this, this storyline doesn't take a, like, it doesn't hurt the storyline not to be the main event, put it that way. But I feel like it would hurt, it would, it would do more damage to the women's division not to have, or not even to the women's division. It does more damage to the women not to get the main event than it would do to Kofi Kingston not to get the main event this year, put it that way. I think, that if right. I look at it, you know, I, I definitely think it, it's way more necessary to have the women be the main event for WrestleMania. But for Kofi, just being in the championship matchup and winning the championship, and if it's the second to the last match on the card, oh my yeah. god, like that—that's some legal. Really, well, well, now do you think about it? Because now, now, now I got this question: Is the main event truly the main event now? Because WrestleMania is a damn near eight-hour show. So yeah, when you're at the main event, you're yeah. you're kind of all right, uh, I'm I'm getting exhausted. We got this last match. Let's 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 get yeah. through this. All right. Yeah. So Man. yeah, it could so be a de- main event. that's still the main event. Like, is it is it matter as much as it used to? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. Well, so previous main events the last couple of years have been lackluster and exhausting. And, yes. And for one, last year was was maybe the worst that I've had ever. 
you know, with with Roman and, and Brock. Like I, I legit just did not care anymore. I was like, I'm done. Just let this happen. Let's hurry up and have Roman win this matchup. And then when he didn't, it was the shock of him not winning. But I still didn't care. Um, and for many reasons, but I think it means something in this situation because it's never happened before for the women to ever get the main event. That's something that, again, 10 years ago, I don't think anybody would have really said, oh, yeah, the women are going to be the main event. I, I don't I don't think anybody was thinking along those lines. There's there's always the, the hope and optimism and everything. But, you know, until there came, you know, Charlotte and Becky and Sasha, you know, and Bailey and there's these women in NXT and Paige and all of them that you started to really say, I mean, and I mean, I guess shout out to AJ Lee too. I don't want to leave her out of this as well. You know, women like that competing on the level that they've been, that they were competing at and all at the same time, it's like, man, this, why hasn't this happened? Why can't this happen with this group? So, you know, I, I, I would say that in this situation, I will definitely be anticipating the main event because it, it's it's going to be monumental one way or another. Um, whether it be the women, whether it be Kofi, it's going to be monumental. My my bet is it's going to be the women, and that that's what I would do personally if I were looking at it. Um, but, yeah, this year I think it would be. But to your point, yeah, it's being an eight-hour show, man. I mean, yeah, because be- uh, just think about the last main event. You said what was last year? Last year was uh, – and then Wait, the U- no say yeah, it again. Wait, what was yeah? What was last year's? Yeah, um, yeah. Roman and Brock the year before that. I think one. Of, I want to say Roman and Taker. No, I think actually wasn't it Roman and hold on. It was I think it was Roman and Undertaker. Uh, WrestleMania thirty. That would be thirty three. Or was it was it um, Brock and. Uh, Goldberg. I you think it's the last match was. That wasn't the main event. That 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 wasn't the last. The last match was the Undertaker match. That was okay. the main event. Yep, Undertaker and Roman Reigns when he gave Undertaker a second loss. Okay. And then WrestleMania 32, I believe. Oh yeah, that was the the Roman Reigns and Triple H uh, match. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the main event. I remember that. Yeah, so it, it's tough, man. Being an eight-hour show, and I mean, I guess we could we could maybe transition to that as a topic too. Like, yeah, think of the the length of because the card, as we were talking about it before our show. I mean, I've already got thirteen matchups listed out, and there are definitely more that are rumored to happen. Um, what, like, when is too much just, when is that enough is enough is basically, and you just need to start cutting some of these off because I just, I, I feel like, yeah, we are getting to a point where this is just getting a little bit too long. And some of these matchups just don't need to happen or just should not happen um, at WrestleMania, just so that WrestleMania can be, not as exhausting, and some of these matchups can feel more special. Because WrestleMania is special, but I just I, I do think that we're it's getting a little bit oversaturated with matchups. You know, and an eight-hour show is just God, man, that's just too much. It is, man. It is. It's it's like it is. It's a full-time job if if you're 
if you're going to go to WrestleMania, it's, it's going to be like a full time job. Just to enjoy, you know, if you're trying to enjoy WrestleMania, go there for the whole event, for the pre-show. And I think the pre-show is, what, three hours for WrestleMania? Yeah. Three. It's not the normal two. I think it's three. And then five for the main? That sounds about right. Yeah, eight hours. (laughs) Because, let's see, start time... 4 p.m. Pacific time. Pacific time was two. So that's six. So that's six o'clock for us. For the and that's the main card. Yeah, yeah, that's the main card. The main card's at six, right? Right. So when there's going to be an earlier start, like a two hours. So it may not be that. Uh, well, oh, seven to- hours then. <laughs> seven hours. <laughs> You're so <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I like to watch everything, but damn, like that's just gonna be that's gonna be massive, man. Like I don't know, I, I feel like they. But here's the thing, though, too. So looking at this card, because we basically ran down some of the main matchups, and we still haven't talked about AJ Styles and Randy Orton. We didn't yeah. talk about the new match that was announced: Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe. So with all of these matchups that we have, like, what... Okay, so the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, for instance, I'd probably just cut that. I'm saying you don't need that. Like, maybe if you're going to do it, you can do it as pre-show, and maybe that's the one pre-show match you have so that everybody that's not at WrestleMania gets to be a part of something. Um, But, you know, that one, to me, is kind of just a throwaway matchup, so maybe just get rid of that. Um, But... Beyond that, like what, what, which one of these matchups do you, do you think if you were going to try to shorten it up so that you know the, the we have more energy for the main event matchups, like what would you cut? I, uh, damn the matches, I cut the time. <laughs> it's it's just entirely too long. WrestleMania, it, WrestleMania doesn't need to be seven hours. It, I, I, it could be, it could be a three hour show, just like what it used to be. Before they turn it into like a extravaganza, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's what I would do. I would cut down the time, and then with that time, I'll frame it in a way how I can how many matches I need to have. Like if it's like, I I, I probably keep it similar to what NXT has. So for a three hour takeover, they have about five matches, no more than five. Mm-hmm. For a loaded, and they they pretty got they got a loaded roster, but. They're not throwing up, you know, oh, we got to have 10 matches on here. They got five, five solid good ones. They keep you, they keep you in it the whole time, man. It's not like you need to use a bathroom. You have to go to the bathroom for one of these matches. Right. Yeah, that's true. Because even doing the math here, so let's say they have 15 matches on the card at the end of it, right? Like right now we have, I have 13 written down. Um, but let's say they have 15 matches and let's say they're all 15 minutes apiece. All right, so 15 and 15. So we're talking about 225 in terms of minutes now divided 60. So we're looking at three, uh, about four hours, a little over four hours that that would, that would take to get done. Um and we're talking about an eight-hour show, and some of the matches that we already have listed will probably be pre-show. So there's a lot of buffer, like they have a lot of extra going on for the for the main card. Um, 
you know, that that is not necessary. I mean, like, like you're saying, I mean, seven hours, it just cut the time down on some of the extra stuff, maybe not have a, a musical performance, which they have uh, <laughs> Elias uh, announced he's going to be doing a musical performance uh, during, which probably isn't going to be that bad. I mean, maybe that's yeah, yeah, be- he'll probably, I'll enjoy that. That I'll enjoy, I'm sure. But it is adding to the time, though. So it it's kind of like you, you, you got to take that if you if you if you want him in there, that's going to extend the time of the whole thing. So it's it's a, it's a booking problem for sure. Because some of the stuff I feel like it needs to happen, um, but it just seems like it's too much. And I I, I don't know, like the Triple H Batista matchup. If they would have never announced that that was going to happen, then that's one thing I'd probably say didn't need to be here for sure. Um, I think the, the Kurt Angle retirement matchup needs to happen, but they need to make that short, uh, even though it's his last match. So I don't know. I, they may even try to extend that out past 15 minutes, but that, that might be another issue there. Um, gosh. And then you've got these multiple person matches, like the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Um, I feel like it's probably going to end up being a five-person uh, uh, fatal five-way or something because they're going to have this number one contenders match next week to see who's going to go against Asuka. But I feel like all of those women are going to be a part of this. I, I don't think there's any way where they just say, hey, it's going to be Carmella one-on-one or Naomi one-on-one. And if Mandy wins, Sonya's going to be a part of it. Or Sonya wins, Mandy's going to be a part of it. So that looks like it's going to be probably a fatal highway. Yep, it uh, is. I guarantee it. <laughs> right, right. So there's that. There's the, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, which – will probably get, you know, defended. Well, they said, so that one, is it for sure going to be just the Usos and the Hardys, or are they going to add I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's still in the air. They they can do Usos uh, and Hardy, or they can do a triple threat, or it just might be a ladder match for the tag teams and just have all the tag teams go for it, man. I don't know. It's they, they literally didn't set a match for or set a build for the tag team, which I, I don't get for on the SmackDown brand which is their strongest tag team division division yeah yeah that's yeah i don't know so i think this is gonna be a long pay-per-view that we're just gonna have to prepare ourselves for and you know that main event just just, you know take your bathroom break during the batista and triple h (laughs) oh man oh man Andre the Giant Battle Royal, take a nap, you know, during that one if you need to, and be prepared for that last hour because they're going to jam-pack some some historic matches there, and, and I think that's where my focus is going to be. You know, it's going to be on the women's championship matchup. It's going to be on the Kofi Kingston-Daniel Bryan matchup. Um, those two I want to make sure that I'm, I'm hyped for, so – um, yeah. And even, I mean, the AJ Styles and Randy Orton matchup now, you know, the buildup for that has been fun. So it's, uh, it has. And, and these two don't even have a history together. And yet they was able to build something from something small. Uh, and because since Randy is basically a WWE guy and AJ Styles is the independent guy, they was able to use that and build a story around it, man. But yet we have a history with Batista and Triple H. And all we got was a shouting and a spitting match. Yeah, it's just, it's just get, oh my god, man! <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get that. Yeah, I, it, it does bug my mind because I talked about it the, for for the last couple of previous weeks. 
how I felt about the AJ Styles, Randy Orton uh, feud and just the fact that it was they were just kind of put together. They were there. Like you said, there is no history between those two guys really on the surface, on the surface level. But they were able to create and to um, bring out reasons for why there may have been kind of like Randy Orton looking at this guy and saying, why is he saying this is the house that he built? You know, when I've been here on this well beyond before he was he was ever even here you know and for randy to say well i'm this indie guy that you know was not given anything you know my daddy wasn't a a wrestler you know i'm not a third mm-hmm. generation not, you know over six feet or six foot four or five whatever randy is 250 pounds you know i don't have the size that vince mcmahon likes basically you know so things didn't come easy for a guy like aj styles um so they, they are smart about that. And both of them are able to speak to it, you know, in a way that's interesting to listen to, you know? So yeah, comparing that to Batista and Triple H is just like, you know, man, it's just so, it makes it even more disappointing when you look at it from that perspective. But yeah. um, I've gone from, you know, saying, Hey, I would, if I had to choose between that match, <laughs> and and Mysterio, I would have cut that match up. I would have cut Absolutely, 100%. You know, now I'm at the point where I'm like, man, I am very excited to see that matchup. There like, we go, yeah. You know, and I, I'm i not any less, like, I guess still there is disappointment for me. Like, I'm, I'm going to kind of jump topics a little bit. Okay. The Friday Rey Mysterio situation I think has been handled wrong by the WWE. Uh, I think they purposely are, are just, I don't know if it's purposely, maybe they're just not really tracking it, but – they're, they killed the excitement for that matchup by the way that they haven't had it exposed. Like they've just kind of gone away from it. And now it seems like it's going to be Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe. And maybe Andrade is going to be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which I think is just a mistake. If yeah, just- honestly, I thought we was going to get another fatal four way for, for the WrestleMania. And I would have been fine with that. Like, because that's yeah. how the story's been. These four guys has been connected. To the storyline for Indy, they've been fighting for the U.S. Championship. I get that. So let them fight again. I don't care. I mean, like, just tell that story. Why do, exactly. why, okay, like, I don't get it, the reason why Mysterio gets a chance at the belt now. Like, he gets a chance? Right, yeah. Right. Like, I don't get it because he pinned, because he pinned uh, Samoa, Samoa Joe. Joe. Right. I, in a tag match. Right, that makes no sense. I just, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, and where's truth? He's the he. He didn't get pinned at all. He he lost his title, but he didn't get pinned to lose his title though. And you cut him out completely from exactly. that matchup. Exactly. Like, that's just that's just wrong to me. That that's just bad booking, and you know it's a bad decision on their part if they choose to keep it that way. Yeah, I mean, maybe have- it could lead into maybe it'll get changed into a fatal four way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I doubt so. it because because now I think Rey Mysterio introduces his uh man his son is tall as hell or he just makes oh. him look short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, funny I saw a picture I think it was on Instagram where someone put together Rey Mysterio's son with him when uh, back in the day maybe it was like I don't know ten years ago or something. Yeah, the last time he showed up on on uh, WWE television with Rey and how short and little he was to now like he's taller than him just. Grown ass man, basically, right now. Yeah, you know, man. So, I remember when he was man. on when when him and when he was involved in that storyline with uh uh was Eddie Guerrero. 
Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, man. See how small he was. Now I'm like, dude, this is his son? Man, yeah, but I but when I saw that and he cut like a little short promo, I'm like, maybe Joe is gonna use this. I think so. Yeah, because knowing Joe, he's gonna use that, and I'm and I'm sure Ray Mysterio is gonna Ray Mysterio's son is gonna take a bump. I, I hope so. I, I expect nothing less from Joe. Joe is just a savage when it comes to messing with people's families. Yes, AJ Styles and Wendy. <laughs> hey, Wendy. I like that one, man. I would be disappointed. If yeah, and he never forgets that too, man. Like even in our intro. The lad when he came at when he came at AJ Styles, man, like, hey, man, how our girl Wendy doing? <laughs> oh my god! Him, real quick on a side note, him and Drew McIntyre, those two dudes, uh, be favorite heels and favorite to listen to on the mic, like, yes, oh they, they yes, just, they're killing it because they 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 both speak with conviction, like. Especially Joe and Drew, like they both speak with conviction. Like when they talk, they just mean it. Like yeah. that can be a scary tag team when you think about it too. Like I, man, that would be amazing. I would love like that. legit scary tag team. Like I'd be scared. Most <laughs> beat them. Like no, I, I no, I'm not accepting any any losses. Like, <laughs> like the only way they lose is if they implode. That's it. Because exactly. Just, just scary and dominant and and like, oh my god! On a per- they will beat you without even going in the ring. Like they yeah. have words, they will just break someone's soul down. So I just yeah. enjoy that. And yeah, that would that would be that would almost be too much. But um, you know, yeah. So Samoa Joe, I am fully expecting him to go just all the way in when it comes to just tearing down. You know, Rey Mysterio is and his family and his son being there. Yeah, that that that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Hopefully, they just. Let him do what he what he wants to do. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they're just gonna let him wreak havoc, free have free range because they're they're pretty comfortable with with Joe and know what what he can do with a story. So I'm pretty sure he's gonna go all in with this man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, man. But um, so jumping back to to AJ Styles, and Randy Orton, man, they've, done, they've just done such a great job with the storyline. Um, you know, I'm real excited to see what they do at WrestleMania. Um, you know, I, I just, that's just my final thoughts just to cap, cap that off. Cause like I said, I, I wasn't, you know, really on board with it at first because I didn't want yeah. to another matchup that I thought, you know, did have some buildup. But now I, I think that they've, they've shown whoever it is that's writing that storyline and focusing those two guys and who found the, the ways to connect the connective tissue for the storyline. Yes. That, is, that person needs to get more opportunities and, and, and do more with the writing because they're, they're doing a great job with taking yeah. something that had no, nothing, no connection, no storyline and made it into something that people can care about. Exactly. So, uh, like, yeah. like these two wrestlers have, can have a legit beef with each other because, you know, and you know, and they're, it is crazy because, you know, Randy looks down on AJ because you come from the independent scene, but AJ looks down on Orton because you had a whole bunch of babysitters, you had a whole bunch of help, you know, pr- protection. So it's this is this is just a great story. This is just a great story, a story that that can be told for WrestleMania, man. Yeah, yeah, totally agree, man. I'm excited for it. I'm excited. They, t- they turn me around. They turn me around for it. So kudos to them. 
Um, so yeah, that's uh, let's see. So I guess we should jump into NXT because that really takes care of Raw and SmackDown both. Yeah, and there was just there's just one major thing we're gonna hit up with uh, regarding NXT before we we call the show, which is gonna be the Gargano and uh, Adam Cole matchup that's coming to Takeover. Um, so the the storyline going into this, Tommaso Ciampa, it was announced that he is gonna have to have neck surgery. And, um, you know, that surgery, the recovery time, I think is supposed to be about a year, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, six to 14 months, they said. Six to 14. So, yeah, he's, he's mm-hmm. going to be for a minute. Um, so, you know, shout out to Tommaso Ciampa. Get well soon. Hopefully we see you soon in the, in the wrestling ring again. But, um, yeah, they're moving forward. So in NXT New York, um, they Johnny Gargano was already – and actually they, they revealed that it was supposed to be – Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT championship. Yeah, uh, yeah. When uh, Triple H mentioned it in his promo in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. So Triple H mentioned that, but then he said because of the surgery, Tommaso Ciampa needed to be replaced. So they had a what was it a fatal five way um, for to see who was going to be the person going you know facing off against Johnny Gargano for the for the championship, um, and it's going to be a two out of three falls matchup that they're going to have. So um, they had, uh, what was it, Riddle was in there. Yeah, um, Valentine Dream, Ricochet, Alistair Black. Alistair Black, yeah. And Adam Cole. And Adam Cole, and Adam Cole. So, yeah, great matchup, definitely a matchup that if you didn't see it, please do check it out. Anybody yeah. listening, it was a, one of those great fast-paced fast How many matches. chop blocks were in this match? Because, man. <laughs> <laughs> They do love their chop block. Yeah, especially Matt Riddle. He was going nuts on his chop blocks, man. I was actually really loving Matt Riddle versus Aleister Black. They they had a chemistry with each other. Yeah. When Matt Riddle hooked him up in a submission, I've never seen Aleister Black like show that kind of like concern because he was really trying to wriggle out of it. He was. had his number in this match, like he just kept getting getting uh, the upper hand on Aleister Black. So I feel like now I don't know how much they're going to be able to build off of that with Aleister Black getting ready to to go to the main roster. But I just it was a little subtle thing that was going on between the two of them where I'm like, man, I really wish they're able to to play with that storyline before Aleister leaves because you know if they saw what I saw, there was an interesting dynamic that they had that I think they could use in a matchup, you know, where Matt Riddle, because of his, you know, uh, skill set, you know, he he has maybe the inside track on how to beat a guy like Aleister Black, you know. Yeah. And so I think that could be a cool storyline there, but that's just kind of a side thing. Um, overall, the match is great. Adam Cole came out of it looking really good. They all came out of it looking really good. Oh, yeah. man. I love his desperation uh his roll up when he's going for the pain. Oh. He tells him, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. <laughs> you gotta love Adam Cole, man. Just the little things, man. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I'm excited for, for this matchup for sure. Um, like I said, two out of three falls matchup for the NXT Championship. Um, now, the question that was posed to me that I'm still kind of wrestling with is, who who needs this more, or what what's the way that they need to go with this? Because on one hand, I say Adam Cole. There's no question. I gotta go Adam Cole. Adam Cole needs it because because Johnny just won a belt. He just had a belt. He just he just had the belt. It's been a while since 
since since he has some gold now, man. And it's 2019. He made a claim in in in, in uh, kickoff 2019 that you know that that they was gonna have all the gold. Undisputed Era is gonna have all the gold, and I think this is a good starting point for to start that mission. Is is that take over New York and let Adam Cole claim first of the gold? I think that it, it's needed for Adam Cole too, but I feel like Johnny actually needs this a little bit more because, yes, Johnny did win a belt, but he had the belt for all of like two weeks and then he lost it immediately in his first title defense. Um, he had been fighting Tommaso Ciampa for the uh, NXT Championship and lost. You know, he's never been NXT champion. He, the first time he got a singles belt, he lost it immediately. Adam Cole, you know, was the first ever North American champion, had it for a little bit, then ended up losing it to Ricochet um, and hadn't had a belt ever since either. So both of them, I think, need it. But where I'm at with this is, so if, let's say Johnny, let's say Adam Cole wins. Yeah. Johnny then leaves the NXT to go to the main roster. So basically what would have happened with Johnny is he – was North American champion for a short stint, lost that belt immediately. Then when he the couple of times that he went for the NXT championship, he lost every time he, he went for it. And so now he goes to the main roster with kind of this. Now, I, I get it that when you go to the main roster, kind of what you've done in NXT, the, the weight of it for most of the casual like WWE fans that watch isn't really there. But for people that have followed Shawnee from NXT, it's going to seem like, man, like he never really – it seems like it's like unfinished business for Johnny if he doesn't at least win this championship once. Now, for Adam Cole, what I'm thinking is it actually makes sense for him to lose this matchup, but for all of them to win at the next takeover so that all of them can just dominate one single pay-per-view and have them all like claim the gold. And at the end of that show, like, for, like not only did Adam Cole, not only was he right, but they all paid it off at the same time because that's something that um, I feel like uh, the Bullet Club had done in Japan at one point um, that was is kind of playing in my head because of Adam Cole's connection to the Bullet Club. So for me, I feel like that's kind of where this is going is that the entire group, not just Adam Cole, but the entire group is going to dominate a pay-per-view to pay off of what Adam Cole is saying so that they can end a show with all of them with the belt after having walked in with none of the belts. So that's kind of like where I think that's going to go. And for Johnny, where that's good is he at least was able to claim that title that he tried to get from Tommaso Ciampa that probably he would have had if, if Tommaso didn't get hurt. You know, I think he would have beaten Ciampa in that matchup at NXT uh, TakeOver New York. And um, then when, if he loses to Cole then at that TakeOver, which would be, uh, I think, in June with Money in the Bank, then um, at least he would have had some time with the belt before he ends up losing it so that, you know, it's not just like a one-and-done kind of situation like it was with the North American Championship. So, you know, I, I feel like Johnny, it, it, it just feels better if Johnny's able to win this matchup and then uh, loses it to Adam Cole in a situation where not just Adam Cole, but the the entire Undisputed Era all have matches for, for the titles, and they all win at the same time. I feel like that's a better flow for everybody. So it helps everybody. So you think Johnny so, – so it seemed like to me that you, Johnny Gargano should go – based off what you're telling me, Johnny Gargano should go over Adam Cole. 
Yes. So you you think Adam Cole can can take the pin and and you know I guess they do a bill for another three months for him to try to get the belt, and that's when they yeah. get all the gold. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. I don't know because we've seen that before. Do we need to see it here? I don't, I don't know. Because I, w- I would like to see Adam Cole be the leader that he he is and be the first one to get the goal, you know, set the example. That's what he needs. Oh, no, I know I know that'd be kind of cool. Like, everybody gets it all at one time. I get it. It'd be a great look, you know, just like when Evolution won at, what, at Armageddon back in 2003. They got all the gold. And then right. at the entrance with all the titles, I get that. They'll, they'll look cool. But to me, I think Adam Cole, I think Adam Cole needs this win over Johnny Gargano. Just bring Johnny Gargano over to the main roster. After this, just just bring him over to the main roster. That's, that's, that's how I feel. If, if you're trying to close out his storyline, because really – him losing, I think you just leave it a lot unfinished if he loses this matchup. You know, I feel like then I would almost want Johnny not to go to the main roster right away and to stick around, which that might be the way that they go. I don't, I don't know. But I feel like... So what if he loses, but there's some shenanigans, though? Like, because, because Adam Cole has Undisputed, they can come in and help him. And then I think it makes it more likely that he stays. If if they all screw Johnny Gargano out of becoming champion, then yeah. I definitely want to see Johnny Gargano stick around to, to continue that storyline. I don't want him to leave after it because now you've just you started up something that if if he leaves, it looks like he's running away from this. Like he he would want I would I would think he would want payback unless he's scared to deal with them. You know, if, if, if Johnny Gargano is going to go into the WWE as this guy who, you know, you say, hey, he can, you know, he's got guts. He's this gutsy guy. Yeah, he's small, but, you know, it doesn't matter who, what, how big of a challenge he's up against. He's going to yeah. beat him on and all that stuff. And he's got to stick around for, you know, for the Undisputed Era, or to fight the Undisputed Era some more after losing in that way. Um, so I, I think given that if it feels like they're getting ready to move him up, I think the, the best way to deal with that is to have him win the championship first and then close out that, that like, the whole Johnny Gargano trying to become champion and trying to achieve that dream. Let him have that. Let him make that happen and then move on to, to, to Raw after losing it, to, you know, passing that torch to Adam Cole um, afterwards. Because, again, this matchup would have been – Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. And in that situation, I think we both probably be on the same page that it's probably going to be Johnny Gargano that wins that given what their storyline had been up until that point. I mean, with the story that they've had, with how many times Tommaso Ciampa had beaten Johnny Gargano, like, you couldn't have had Ciampa beat him again. You know, like, it, it just, and that, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's where they were going to go. Um, but, so now, with can, can you see? Because because I'm, I'm gonna tell you this, man. I can't see Johnny Gargano being NXT champion. Because you know what? I think he will be a boring champion. That he will be a boring champion. Something similar to to actually probably be something similar to to what AJ Styles run 
was a SmackDown. It was, you know, he was a boring champ champion. Even though he was one of my he's one of my favorite wrestlers, but his his run on, on SmackDown with the championship was boring. And I think I think that's why Cole needs to have it, man. He has so much charisma. What so much more than Johnny Gargano? You know, they're they're two different. You know, I, I give it to Gargano in the wrestling ring, but but when it comes to the charisma too, I got to give it to Cole, and I think he could do much more with the with the belt. He is the face of NXT. I can't see Gargano as the face of NXT. Man, that 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 was a that was a that was a pipe bomb. That, if it, like, <laughs> <laughs> I had to get real with you, man. <laughs> Wow, like Johnny Gargano and Boring Champion for me are two things that just kind of don't like this man. You realize every time he has a match, it's a match of the year candidate. Match of the year. I, I understand candidate. that the, the accolades for for that I understand. You know, match of the year candidate. I get that his 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 matches are exciting. But like, I'm, if he is putting on match of the year, how can that be? You know, how can he be a boring champion if potentially every time he would have a match as champion, they could also continue that trend of being match of the year candidates. I, him being a face of NXT, I, I can't see that. And him being the face now, not being a heel, he would just be he would just be boring. Like, like who 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 can you have a rivalry with? I mean, at this point, it would be Adam Cole. That's, and I can't see that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm asking because I, I can't buy that. I literally can't buy that. You can't buy a Johnny Gargano-Adam Cole rivalry? For if if Johnny had the if Johnny had the belt, no, I can't. Hmm. I can't. Wow. If, if Cole had the belt, yeah, I could. If Johnny had the belt, no, I couldn't. So, okay, so then let me ask you this, because then this kind of leads into, I guess, Johnny Gargano's future, right? Uh -huh. So what do you see for for Johnny then? Because it sounds like you're saying Johnny Gargano is basically mid-card, maybe, um, but not a, not a guy who can be the guy, right? Like not a guy who can be the man for, for a show. Yeah, you you summed that up very perfect. That that's exactly how I thought. It, you know, even even when I saw him with you know when he was with DIY and they were doing a little story run, and I was thinking about if I was to see him on the main roster, can I picture him? And I was like, probably nothing more than a mid card. I can't see him as as champion. I can't see him being higher than anything higher than Finn Balor. Man, you know what you sound like right now to me, honestly? I'll <laughs> be real with you. It's like what Triple H and them were saying to Daniel Bryan about being a B-plus player. But hold on, man. Okay, so, so Tommaso, he has charisma. Okay, he has he has he could wrestle. He has charisma. He if he was to go to the main roster, I have I have all the faith in the world that he will he will be good because he he can bring because he has that charisma. Johnny Gargano, I worry about him, man. 
that's that's a wrestler I can worry about. Let me ask you this. Do yeah. you see Daniel Bryan's charisma when he first came in, in the WWE? Oh, no. Hell no. No. I didn't, didn't I even watched NXT in the early days too. When it was just a, uh, you know, when it was just on, I think on USA Network, and yeah, no, I didn't yeah. see it. I saw the wrestling. I did see that, but right. in ring, yeah, yeah, would would question whether or not, yeah. you know, Daniel Bryan, and, and and then later on that came, you know, uh, I think with him having winning winning that title, getting that short one with the he- he- the short run with the heavyweight title, I think that helped him out. Him pairing with AJ, him pairing, him pairing up with one of the Bellas as well. I think that all helped him out with his character and de- develop him into the character he is right now. That's just shutting it down as a heel on SmackDown. But so, so what are you trying to get at with where Johnny Gargano? Like he, I, to me, he's developed, but to me, he's just boring for as a character. Like wrestling, he he excites me, but it's it's nothing that. It's no charisma. I'm, I can't sense any charisma from him. So, where I guess where I'm going with this is that for me, what what well, it goes back to what we talked about way in the beginning when we first talked about when we first doing this podcast about what yeah. drives us or what what we excites us about wrestling. You know, for me, it's it's the matches. You know, the stories that you tell in the ring and the matches that you're having, and like having that like five star match of the year type of thing. Like that's what I want to see. You know, a lot of the storylines for me and like the charisma and the mic work and stuff like that. That's extra. But if you can't perform in the ring, then I kind of tune you out because all that stuff on the mic is with talk. Like it's the action that I care about. And for Johnny Gargano, he to me is is that to a T like he's his in ring is on point. He's one of the best, if not the best performer right now for NXT. You know, in ring. In ring. Just yeah, yeah, definitely. In ring, you know, match of the year every time. Every time I see a Johnny Gargano match, I think this is a match of the year candidate. And he reminds me so much of Daniel Bryan in that sense that like you talk about the charisma, you know, him let's just take him on the mic for instance. You know, Johnny Gargano, he doesn't have a catchphrase. Daniel Bryan didn't really have a catchphrase when they first started, right? Um, Both of them, you know, came up in the indie scene. Both of them had a lot of respect. You know, Johnny Gargano's nickname is Johnny Wrestling for a reason. You know, because when it comes to it, like, in terms of being really, like, sharp in the ring and having all of his moves, you know, executed perfectly, like, Johnny Gargano just does it. He can do it with anybody. You know, you put him in a match with literally anyone, and he can have a great matchup. So, for me, like, when we're talking about wrestling as being – or at putting a guy in there to be a face of my wrestling company, I want someone who's going to make the wrestling look damn good, the best it can be. And that's what I see with Johnny Gargano. If I'm going to put the wrestling, I want to make sure that all of my guys – or that, sorry, that my main guy – is one of the best wrestlers in the world and that it, if we turn the mics off and we just have them show up, like at a pay-per-view, at the pay-per-views, they don't really get to talk to anybody. Like they, You don't really get promos at the pay-per-views. You just mm-hmm. go matches. So for me, I want it to be that that guy that I'm, that I'm putting my money on and saying, hey, he's going to lead my company can put together that great 
kind of classic matchup that people are just talking about afterwards. Like, did you see that bump that they took on the outside? Did you see that crazy move that they did? Did you see that one sequence when he did this and that ball? That I, I feel like Johnny is the guy that can generate that kind of that kind of excitement around his matches. The same as like with Daniel Bryan. In terms of that charisma, I think what they've what they've shown with guys like this is that you can find ways to add to their persona overall to make them more interesting. So if it's from if from a you know outside of wrestling, outside of the ring, if we're trying to say that that Johnny has work to do to get to that point, sure, you know you could you could you can make that claim. I won't argue with you there, but I feel like the the most important aspect of it for me as a wrestler. Yeah, but how can you say charisma is a bonus, man? Charisma in, in the wrestling, that's like that goes hand in hand in, in the wrestling world. So you telling me like one of the let, let's let's call it what it is. Hulk Hogan is is a horrible wrestler, but he has hell of charisma. And that's what gets him through. And that's what and that's what people love. That's what that's what that's how Hulkamania caught wind because of his charisma, man. It wasn't his. That was, true. that was true then, but I think we're getting to a point now where people want more than that. I think that that having that charisma is just not enough anymore. That if you can't do it in the ring, a guy like Hulk Hogan, you know, as as for what wrestling was before, it was kind of a thing that people really didn't take that seriously anyway. So to be larger than life and to be this kind of cartoon character type person who was just like you know, so colorful and all that stuff. That was, that was fine and entertaining and great. You know what I'm saying? He became a movie star and all that. But now I think people are just expecting so much more from a wrestler that, you know, you've got guys like John Cena trying to pull out, you know, all these crazy moves just to kind of keep up with a guy like Kevin Owens when he showed up, you know? So for me, it's kind of evolved to a point where it really is more and more about the in-ring ability of a guy versus just just the, the charisma sure the charisma. yeah but the guys you're naming but but the guys you're naming have can you hear me yeah i can hear you okay uh but the the guys you're naming uh they have they have charisma like john cena kevin owens like those are big charisma guys and you know and kevin owens he's a great wrestler like I think charisma is still key in 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 wrestling. It's it's not it's not a bonus. Like you got to have that. That's that's that it factor. But then that, that's that's what can take you to the next level. But let's take it back to Daniel Bryan though. Like so, from what you just said about you know charisma, but then what you also acknowledged about Daniel Bryan in the beginning. If we're looking at it, like let, let's go back to what he was before. He was not he wasn't. He was just in ring ability, but he had that within him to do. But no one would have I, I couldn't even even have told you I saw the promos that Daniel's doing right now, I couldn't have told you I saw that coming from Daniel Bryan back then. There's yeah. no so that's something that he developed over time. So I think that what what got him into the WWE was not the charisma, it was the wrestling. I think what gave what made people fans of him even before he got to the WWE was his wrestling. And then over time, he grew into a person that had, you know, he had the storyline with Kane that and he had the the no the yes chance, which when he was a heel, and then it turned into a no chance. They found ways to kind of make him more appealing on a charismatic level as well. Right. I think that 
the, the at the core of all of this is if you can be a guy who can put together classic matches, like a guy that no one really talks about anymore and for for good reason is Chris Benoit, right? No one really talks about him because of the tragedy and the just the, the heinous mm-hmm. But let's just take the wrestler for a second here. Chris Benoit, the wrestler, was amazing in the ring. Charisma, even at the end of his career, was like zero. Like he just was not charismatic at all. But he was just so great to watch in the ring that people were always like, man, this guy, like I want to see his matches because he's just so good in the ring. You know, and so for me, I think that that is, is if you have that, a guy like Johnny Gargano who has that ability to put together matches like that, that to me is is a money type of guy that you want to put your put your chips in on. And if you want to develop him and just say, yeah, now let's kind of try to come up with a catchphrase or yeah, let's kind of find some funny promos for you to do or something just to help, help people be able to connect to you or let's tell your story. You see, know? That, see, that's where you messed up with me when you're, you're telling me if you want to develop him, but that's what the NXT is for. He's de- for development, when you come to the main rest main roster, that means you're telling me that he is ready now. Well, I think they've proven that that's not going to always be the key because a lot of the guys that are coming from NXT, like I don't even know if the, I don't know if I would really even want to dig into that because with Shinsuke Nakamura and some of these other guys that you're clearly ready, they mishandle that too. So I don't know if that argument is really going to jive well with me on, on this is where, where I'm my big break with this, with Johnny. And, and I guess you saying that he would be a boring champion is that he's already exciting the hell out of the NXT universe, right? Like people, you, like, are people chanting boring during Johnny's wrestling matches right now? Oh no, man. No. You know, like people are, they go nuts for it. People, even as a heel. But that's an NXT crowd, man. This is, you know, WWE crowd is is totally different. But your argument, though, was more about as NXT champion, Johnny would be boring, right? Yeah. But how can that, but, and I, I couldn't disagree more because, again, I don't think there's any way in NXT, Let's take the NXT crowd that already chants for that cheers for Johnny goes nuts for a Johnny match. Now you're telling me you're going to put the belt on him, and all of a sudden everyone's going to turn around and say, "Oh, this is boring." Oh, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to happen overnight, but eventually he's going to get boring. Though it's going to happen. I see it. No, I I, I just I, I see don't that know. it's not going to be like oh overnight he's be you know he's just boring. But if he's going to be the face, uh, if you, you want him to be the face of NXT, of your your developmental brand, I, I think he's he's going to be a boring champion, man. Now, I know he's going to have exciting matches, but to me, you know, when it comes promo time, trying to get ready for a build and all that, I, I think he would just be boring at it. Oh, man. I, 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 I just couldn't – I just can't disagree more. I just can't stop saying it, man, because for me, like look at a guy like Shinsuke Nakamura. does never cut promos when he was in NXT. Yeah. You know, for him, it was just more about his overall persona, right? And just people were just into that. So I don't even think it's really the promos. It's, for me, it's, it's just 
in totality what that guy is. And, and no, because that was all into his charisma. His charisma just screams out that he don't need to say anything. It's a charisma that that take care of it. That's something John Gagano can't can't, can't yeah. count on. But I think in that situation you're under because you're underestimating what what Shinsuke does in the ring, carrying over being a reason why people are so into what this guy does. Sure, okay. If you have like let's take uh Ty Dillinger or not Ty Dillinger. I mean that's a good one too actually. But um <laughs> I was really thinking about yeah. Um gosh. I mean okay that that's that's one dude that too he's a charismatic guy and it really didn't work. I mean since since I brought him up I'll just go ahead and say it. Like he had all the charisma in the world. He had the chance, you know, they were all behind him for a second there, but it just kind of didn't work out for him. And I think that in ring, there was really nothing that special about him to make him even stand out. So, you know, that didn't work. So that's one route where I say the charisma. But he really wasn't that special in NXT to be like his 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 ten chant was over. But he but he wasn't really that's why I didn't get man. When he came over to when he came over to uh, SmackDown, I thought it was a little bit too early. I thought he should have at least finished off his rivalry at the time. With I thought he was going to have some type of rivalry with Bobby Roode and just finish that off. But no, he he got to me. He got pulled too early. Yeah, I, yeah. I just yeah, and, it, and he had, and, 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 believe me, he has charisma. But I think that's a different story. I think it was bad booking that that failed him in the end, not his charisma, and and, and they slowly killed his momentum. He didn't do anything. They just slowly killed him, killed it. And sometimes your charisma can get you over from that and keep it going. Like for example, Oscar, they slowly tried to kill her, but her her charisma kept her kept her name kept her relevant. Yeah, I think the, the thing that I want to make clear to on my side is that I don't want to sit here and say that a superstar who has that charisma, you know, or that charisma doesn't mean anything, right? In no means am I saying that. But what I do weigh more than that, because at the end of the day, wrestling is about the actual wrestling in the ring. And if you can't do that, I don't think all the charisma in the world is going to help you. And so for me, if I'm trying to say, okay, who's going to be the main guy, you know, and I want my company to, I want my wrestling to be taken seriously. I want as a wrestling company for, for people, for a fan to look at me saying, damn, like this is, this is some intense stuff going on here in this company. I look at the guys who are doing it the best in the ring. Now, uh, being able to cut a promo, being able to to you know have a good storyline outside of the ring, I think that's all very important. I think that that is all a part of it. But um, you know, for a guy like Johnny and to say he's boring, it just doesn't link up to me because of how he's already accepted in the NXT universe, given what he is as a wrestler. And I think you are underestimating actually his charisma with that with them there. So as NXT champion to say that that wouldn't work. I just, I don't know. Well, maybe he can prove me wrong, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a say what I'm going to say, you know, I just think, like I said, man, uh, to me, 
I, you know, my philosophy in wrestling, you know, I, I love the the wrestling ability, you know, how you tell a story, but I believe charisma has a part in it too. You know, telling the story with, you know, with your, with, with your charisma as well. I believe that all has, has a part. And to me, from my point of view, I believe. Main charisma yeah. more than the wrestling. That's what it feels like to me. To me. Uh, hmm. Huh. I nah, cause cause I can watch a good wrestling match and it can get me in into it. I don't need to know nothing about the characters, and it can have me in there, which I have, have I have done that before. But uh, but I, I, I'm I'm so keen on on charisma too, on on the the storytelling aspect of that too. I think that's the reason why I was so adamant about uh. AJ Styles and Randy Orton before you got on, because I saw that that little that that little few moments they gave us. I saw I saw that I, I saw the little charisma. I'm like, oh, all right, that that can go somewhere, and, and and that was going somewhere. And and to me, I don't see anything from Johnny. Wait, but I thought the your your pers- point of view on AJ Styles. And Randy Orton, one, was that neither one of them were really that great at promos, and two, that AJ Styles wasn't very charismatic. He was... You know what? He, I, I, he was boring. You're right. He, he was boring as somewhat as a face. He, when, he was, when he was a heel, he was better. And, okay. And... And since he... And since... And I remember last week, I think, and I said, this is the best face promo I ever heard from AJ Styles when he okay. was when he when him and when him and Randy Orton was having a back and forth banter that mm-hmm. that was that was good when he was giving him direct uh just let him know di- directly about what he didn't like about him and, and that's what right. I like and, you know and, and seeing that too and seeing that and and, and I think Styles has charisma we seen that uh, sometimes I just it, it it comes out in parts of the match the wrong way. Like I I know at times when he had uh he had rivalries with uh with Samoa Joe and you you know he he gets he gets he's a hothead. Everybody knows that. Yeah. You know AJ Styles is a hothead and sometimes he he lets that get out out of control. And we see that you know see that that little bit of charisma. But I I I, I think. What I'm trying to say, I, I want to see, you know, I, I want to see more of when, when you're a face character. Like, heels are, are the best because they can just be truly who they are. Face, right. you know, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. Like, when Johnny was a heel, I was all in. He's a face? I don't know. I don't know what you can do so much. I think that's that's the, that's how I feel because you can't really do do that much when you're when you're a face. You know when we, especially for 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 uh, for Johnny, that's why I think he's gonna be boring, man. I don't I don't know what he can do as a face, man, as a face run that I haven't seen before. Well, here, here's here's where I, I look at it too, and why I think that this this will work really well is because of Adam Cole, because every good hero is only as good as the villain that they have going up against, and with Adam Cole, he's a great heel. You know, he's a great overall persona for any 
face to put over any face. So for me, you know, if you have a guy who he's the wrong type of heel, though, man, he's the wrong type of heel for for Johnny. That's what's going to make him born because he's a cool because because Adam is a cool heel. He's not he's not like a like a menacing heel like Drew McIntyre. Like you're just going to boo this dude or uh, Samoa Joe. He's not like that. He's a cool heel. That that sometimes he's a heel that he can make good points too. Well, yeah, I mean, but you would say the same. Like, I mean, but to your point though, Drew McIntyre and let's even take a Samoa Joe. Yeah, they'll make great points too, but they can also be so vicious that you just feel like, geez, like they're, they're this is too much for what they're doing to the face. Like with with Adam Cole, the thing that would help him is the fact, that, or the thing that would help Johnny. Just going with what you're saying is that he has a team behind him that'll just do the beatdowns, you know, and that's a, that's one device that they use to kind of get a face over is that that obstacle of having to go through, you know, four guys instead of fully, instead of only being able to face one guy, you know, that also can help in that kind of dynamic to help put a guy over. So I get what you're saying about Adam Cole being cool and like that, you know, playing against Johnny a little bit, but there is still that underdog factor where even if he does beat him one-on-one, he still has to go up against the other three members of the Undisputed Era anytime he's facing off against Adam Cole, too. So that, I think, can help in just, like, kind of having Adam Cole lose some of the sympathy from his side because you've got this crew, and, yeah, you may say something cool in the ring, but then you go and destroy this dude. You, you destroy him in the back. You destroy him in the ring on his way to the ring and all that. Like, they, they, and with people already caring about Johnny, because if it was a if it was a face that people didn't quite you know care for, let's say, like right now, I'm telling you with with the way that the NXT universe reacts to Johnny, they care about Johnny. So if they didn't care about him at all, I see what you're saying because that would that that's not a a person to put him up against if you didn't think that that guy had people already rooting for him, right? But in this situation. Johnny is beloved by the NXT universe. Like WWE universe remains to be seen, but the NXT universe, they chant for him. They chant Johnny wrestling. They've got the signs. Yeah, but they love Adam Cole, though. They love Undisputed. That trumps. That trumps Johnny Gargano. I'm sorry. But they're not. But they're not going against a no name. Like you, you make it seem like he's going like Adam Cole going against a nobody. You know, Johnny Gargano is Johnny freaking wrestling. Like they, they came up with that for a reason. The crowd chants it. Like it's not falling on. Like it's there. You just can't ignore that. Adam Cole and the undisputed era is over. Absolutely for sure. But they're not going against the guy in this situation that nobody knows or that nobody cares about. You know, if it's against No Way Jose, No Way Jose is screwed. You know what I'm saying? Like, who gives a damn about No Way Jose, right? Like, he's just, that, that's not a guy to try to have go up against Adam Cole at this moment in time to try to propel his career. But Johnny Gargano, you're talking about a guy who, again, match of the year candidates. You know, had, he tears the house down every time he has a wrestling match. For that guy to all of a sudden, like, no one would would care because it's Adam Cole. Like I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy it. Yeah. Well, hmm. I think it's actually a perfect storm of taking two guys who are both just. I think it's a great matchup. Even though it would be great to see Tommaso Ciampa there, 
I think that having Adam Cole, the Undisputed Era, and having Johnny wrestling going up against each other, it's like it's it's a great feud to have, regardless of who wins. I'm I'm saying I think it's going to be Johnny Gargano. I think he needs it, you know, personally. And actually, with what you're saying, it actually starts to feel even more like you're kind of almost making my point because of how <laughs> he's not ready. And it's like, well, Johnny definitely needs this more because, you know, with if you feel like Adam Cole is more over and that, you know, Johnny still is not quite lit, like, then Johnny probably needs this more from that aspect, it, just from what you're saying. I'm not agreeing with what you're saying, but it almost sounds like that kind of makes the point a little bit on its own, too. I don't know. So, so you think Johnny is... He, he, he is the face of NXT. Like, he's going to bring viewers to NXT. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm done then. I'm not going to say anymore. Since, <laughs> since you answered that question, I might even try to debate that. Because you said that real quick. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. Without a doubt in my mind. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. With no rebuttal for that then. <laughs> Man, I can't wait for takeover. I'm actually more that, that one. Uh, see, I'm actually more excited about that to be honest with you now. Just talking about this than than WrestleMania, which you know it's crazy, but that's that's just what it is right now. I feel like the buildup. We really even haven't gotten some serious buildup towards takeover, but you know my anticipation for takeover always is that. It's a succinct show that every match is on point, you know, it, yep. it's just well put together. And, um, you know, with this now, two out of three falls with this, you guys, and to see which way they go, because with the change in the booking, with no Tommaso Ciampa, it really could go either way. So I it think could. there's a lot of, of, of uh, suspense and surprise that this show has that WrestleMania kind of doesn't have with its main events. Um, so that's... Yeah, it's in a way it's a little bit more interesting than than WrestleMania because I would say you know it's pretty clear Becky Becky's going to win this matchup you know at, at WrestleMania um, Kofi's going to win his matchup at WrestleMania I can see that coming um, it's just the road that we take to get there but with with this I mean is it going to be Adam is it going to be Johnny we're having this debate I'm sure other people are having it <laughs> you know <laughs> it's interesting it, it actually. Yeah. It, it actually brings out a natural debate. There's nothing to debate in those other matches really around like who's going to win or why should they win. It's more of like, okay, how are they going to do it? But here it's like, man, should it be Adam? Should it be uh, Johnny Gargano? Like I, you can make a case either way. You know, Both like, of them, yeah. Yeah. Each, I guess, you know, from, from your point of view, Johnny Gargano could be the face of the company for NXT. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. He could be the face that runs the place. Yes, yes. He could be yes. the next, you know, Daniel, the next AJ. And AJ <laughs> is the boring champion. That's another debate for another day. Like, that one too felt real triggered by that, man, because that's, that's my dude. But, you know, it is what it is. I, 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 that's another debate for another day. Like I Oh man! Well, any any uh, any final thoughts before we before we call the show this week? Well, this this has been very fun to debate with you on the various topics of Johnny Wrestling and Adam Cole. 
<laughs> and uh, but I, I seriously can't wait for uh, NXT Takeover in New York, and I'm interested of how Drew McIntyre is uh, how, how they're gonna book him for you know for WrestleMania, man, because they're they, they're just booking this dude unbelievable strong, unbelievably strong right now. So those are my final thoughts. Yeah, man, um, I'm. I, I, I agree with you on a lot of this. I mean, just fun debating, uh, you know, the different topics, Kofi Kingston and then Becky Lynch and, you know, just like which one should be the, the main event match and just the importance of those matches. I feel like we, we hit on some interesting points there about um, the importance of both of those matchups. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see where they go with that. Um, both of those matchups, I think, are just are, um, I'm excited for the outcomes of those matches that we're anticipating, which would be, you know, Becky being champion, Kofi being champion, um, and potentially the on my side at least the, the women's championship being the the main event for the first time ever. Um, you know, really, really excited to 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 see that potentially and, and see how that plays out. Um, and final final thought: Johnny freaking wrestling is the face of NXT. <laughs> Will be the face of NXT. Would squeeze that in there. No, that's the last word, man. Champion, gonna be champion. Face of NXT. That's the man you want. All right. All right, man. I'm Hafiz. All with me as always is Devin. Signing out for this week. Take care. We'll see you next week with more on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and everything WWE. Uh, Catch you next week. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.